When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Smithville, Texas. It's an unforgettable free music fest that'll have you dancing like nobody's watching. This year's lineup is absolutely incredible, featuring the talents of Brianna Adams, the Aguirre Dynasty Band, Mary Wilson, and Dylan Gamble. High School Football is on the air. Brought to you by CW Print Services, Texas Malibu, Chicken Express, Independence Title, Texas Family Positions, Ideal Signs, Card My Yard, Rudy's, Tomlin Family Orthodontics, Advantage Austin Real Estate, Tommy's Car Wash, Austin Regional Clinic, Appliances Now, Harway Appliances, Texas Pools and Patios, and Gina Ronch Realty. And good evening and welcome to Vanderbilt Pipers Football on Homecoming Night. My name is Merle Bertrand, keeping you live from Monroe Memorial Stadium on the campus of Vanderbilt High School as the Vipers resume just a 25-6A play against the Mena Mustangs. And joined once again by Hank Hudson, our engineer and sideline reporter, Brock Bollinger, Cole Dixon running the board, Marcus Spears here with us as well. Um, my better half, Christina Weatherbird, fan, helping to keep the video stream dialed in on Vipe. And my mom, Hank, the number one Viper fan in the state of Illinois, is here with us live. She picked a good one as the Maynard Mustangs gave the Vanderbilt Vipers all they wanted for about a half last year before the Vipers pulled away. This is a big, big ball game for both these ball clubs. Absolutely correct, Merle, and let the pigeons loose. The game is afoot as the human drama of athletic competition will unfold here. We're getting treated to a pregame performance of epic proportions by the Viper Marching Band. And we have an MVP, royalty, if you will. Yep. Um, Merle Bertrand's mom, the Sparks, is joining <laughs> us in the booth. And I mean, you're really excited. Maynard uh, last year, uh, Merle, really gave us uh, some adversity early in the season. As you said, uh, the game, it was a one-point game, and there was a massive momentum shift right before halftime, right. if you recall. Maynard was on the on inside the five-yard line with the first down and time running out in the first half. They didn't manage to get any points out of that drive. And that was pretty much all she wrote as the Vipers came out and dominated the second half. They've got a running back, Merle, at Titus Pettyway, number two. He's the main man. He's got 1,000 yards rushing in only four games. And the Vipers are going to hand their hands full of him. Uh, last year, we saw the, the battle of attrition really take a toll on right. the Maynard Mustangs as they kind of ran out of gas uh, in the second half. So I know the Vipers are going to want to come out strong. And as the season unfolds, the story of this season unfolds, Merle, there's going to be a point in the season in 6A where you see some adversity in the regular season. The Vipers are looking good uh, in district, but the target is on the back of this Vanderbilt Vipers team. They, they are the team to beat. It's the game for everybody this year. So let's buckle up and play some football. Well, we're about to find out. That was a good game last last year. And you talked about the roster size real quick before we go to break. Their, their roster, literally, if it's half the size of the Vipers, I, I, I'm not even sure that it is. I mean, for a 6A program, it's a very small roster. It's still hot. It's still in the 90s up here in the air. The air down in the field is going to be a lot hotter. So we'll see how that wears on the Maynard Mustangs in the second half. Well, that's a, that's a big factor. I mean, we talked uh, last week. I think we have more seniors uh, on this Vandergriff Vipers team. 61 seniors on this squad. I think that's more than they have uh, suited up for this game. So uh, we'll see if, uh, if the Maynard Falcons, the uh, uh, Maynard Mustangs, if they, if they come in 3-1. and one, 
So they've got a high-octane offense. Right. It's going to be interesting to see you know, what they can do to try and bottle up the highest-octane offense in Central <laughs> Texas in the Vandergrift Vipers. So uh, they've got athletes at every position. There's usually at least one, if not two, D1 recruits every year coming out of Maynard. So uh, let's, let's play some football. Watch us to table here. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll hear from Vipers head coach Drew Sanders. And he talks about the Vipers' last win over Stony Point two weeks ago, what they've been up to on Improvement Week, and get his thoughts on tonight's matchup with the Maynard Mustangs. You're listening to Vandega Vipers Football on the Horn. And we'll please be joined once again in the pregame show by the head coach of the Vandegar Vipers, Coach Drew Sanders. And he just said it. It's been a while since we talked. Uh, uh, but the Vipers with yet another uh, impressive win, 48-7 to over Stony Point a couple of weeks ago. Your thoughts on the great start to district play two weeks ago? Yeah, I mean, me and you talked for years about how important it is to go 1-0. Like, it just sets the table for making the playoffs, having a shot at the district title, all of those things to go 1-0. And uh, so for us to go out and perform like that, and then once again, the story of the year has been how well we're starting games right now, you know, and we're still right. figuring out how to finish them, but how well we're starting games. And I'm just as impressed as I can be with their prep, um, how serious they're taking practice. We had another good practice today. Um, and if we make mistakes, it's immediately corrected. And they're like, Coach, what did I do wrong? What, you know, they're just so coachable. Mm-hmm. I mean, you both know how important that is on good teams. Like, if, as long as you stay humble, you stay coachable, and you're talented, that could be dangerous for your opponent. Yes. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think it's just I'm seeing that now, and I'm seeing the, the re, um, I guess, the reverberations of that um, through our program as, as we start games so strong. Yeah, they come in, they average 6.8 yards per carry uh, with the running game. How much is that helping Deuce Adams in the passing game? Like doesn't like he doesn't need a lot of help, but I would imagine that really helps him stretch out the field. Yeah, I had no idea of those stats. You know, we just kind of go on and move on to the next game, you know. <laughs> um, that's a great that's a great average. Um, and we played some good people there. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our teams we played are winning games. So um, that does help Deuce. It does help stretch the field. You cannot, if you put one less in the box to double miles or to, you know, to have a spy on Deuce or whatever else, we're going to run. And uh, that's one thing that I love about Coach Mauser. Both me and you have watched his offenses for years, and they're always going to be able to run the ball. And it sets up so many things downfield. Uh, it's, it's just a great compliment. So he does a great job of that every week, reinventing himself, doing new things. Um, and so, yeah, I think you're, you're seeing a product of, once again, him finding how to use his strengths. And then the flip side of the ball, if my University of Texas math is correct, Stony Point had 133 total yards, 83 of that came on the last drive. We've talked a little bit about the difference between sort of a work in progress and trying to improve. Is, are they training in the right direction, in your opinion? Yeah, we still are lacking some physicality at some spots on tackles, but we're starting to get them down a little bit better, um, and so that, that maybe will come. We're hoping that will happen. Um, I am pleased any time we can limit people to one or two scores in a, in a game this day, these day and ages. You know, I mean, just to be able to do that is just um, very impressive, especially replacing as many people as we replaced. Once again, the story again, we replaced eight, I believe. Seven and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, you were missing a couple guys. You know, we've had Diego out, uh, number 10. So, you guys, listeners know him. Big, big, strong linebacker, probably our biggest, strongest linebacker. He'll be back soon. And then Alice is out for a couple more weeks. He, you know, he's still recovering. And, and so to miss him, that's, you know, we're, we're missing like 250 tackles, right. you know, from last year. And so for us to have guys step up, that's even more impressive because you don't have time to complain about. Everybody has injuries. Mm-hmm. You don't have time to complain about. you got to take care of those guys, make sure they can get back. But at the same time, like, we have to keep going. 
Going to get five percent coach Drew Sanders, a guest here on the pregame show. We uh, resume play this week after what everybody calls the bye week. Here you call it improvement week. So what's the team been up to uh, during the off week? Well, we did get some rest though. You know, it was nice to get rest. We slept we slept in just a bit. Uh, we didn't start practice till seven a.m. <laughs> um, and then we we served. You know, we we always use this week to serve, and so we went to all five of our elementary schools and went out and did Viper Readers and, and, and got the, inspired, hopefully, the next generation of Vipers, um, and so we did that, um, and you know, they were all books at our grade level, first and second grade, so our boys could read that, and I, that's a joke, <laughs> my guys are smart, um, and so we had a blast doing that, and we had, we had Helmets and Hills, which the listeners may not know about that, but that's our event where um, it's a varsity-only event where our boys they are required to brag on their mom in front of their entire team, and then the mom gets to stand up and, and brag on their son, which is not hard for the mom. You know, I have to actually give them a time limit, you know. Um, so, but we had an absolute blast doing that. And then we did get better. We've, we're prepared for Maynard. I know we'll talk about them at some point. Mm-hmm. We're preparing for them. And, and, but we really had a chance to work on some of the things that we, you know, we needed to work on. Well, let's talk about Maynard right now. They come in at 3-1 uh, and one overall, 1-0 one and oh in district play after a 42-31 win over McNeil. They hung in early against the Vipers last year. A big play kind of turned the tide in the second half. Uh, but talk about this year's version of the Mustangs. New offensive coordinator, um, an offensive coordinator that we faced in the past, a guy named Todd Brown. He was at Vista for years. That's why I know that name. Yep, and so uh, an excellent coach. Mm-hmm. And so you can see his influence over the offense, very organized. Um, everything he does has layers and makes sense. Um, they're not really turning the ball over much. You know, all the, all the marks of a good offensive coordinator. So, first of all, props to him. Um, he's a good friend of mine, too. And so he's going to present problems. And, and one of the biggest problems is they've got a 220-pound back. I mean, that that's problematic, you know. And there's nobody on my defense, maybe but the D linemen that are 220 pounds. So to get him down, we've got to be uh, creative. And first thing is you got to swarm, you know. And so we're ready for that. But he is a run-first guy. He does have a decent, in fact, better than decent, great quarterback. Because what he does is he gets the ball in the right places. Um, he'll throw it down and test you. Um, and then, then defensively, there are young. So I'd say on the defensive side, we've got a lot of underclassmen starting. So they're making some young mistakes or losing some guys and coverage, things like that. But you can see improvement from week one to week four. And obviously it's not that big a deal because they found a way to be three and one, right? And so they're still figuring out, kind of like our secondary is, honestly. You know how many times that we've we've had just a, just a slight wrong position that maybe is, you need to watch this a long time. You're like, ah, we usually don't give that play up. You know, we've got to continue to work on some of that. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're three and one for a reason. Well, uh, on top of everything else, it's homecoming week. Uh, we talked in the past about how do you make that become a motiva- motivator instead of a distraction for these guys? We don't talk about it a ton. You know, I mean, they, they, uh, there might be one guy that's nominated for king or whatever else. They can't all be like us. I'm sure we both were homecoming kings. I don't remember, you know, but I'm sure I was. <laughs> um, and so, you know, for them, we just say, hey, your job this week is to not focus on anything but football. And so the dance, the homecoming dance will be there when it's there or not. Um, you have a date. Nobody cares. Um, we need to go win this game. And so that, that, is, that is hammered every day. But other than that, we don't um, talk much about it. Like, we've we got to be ready for the Maynard Mustangs. Well, it was nice to have the break and a chance to catch our breath, but it's good to be back, in, uh, back with it for the second half of the season. Any final thoughts here? Second half of the regular season, that's right. Yeah, so we are we are thrilled to get back on the field. It was fun to have a little time off, but I don't much more, much more than this. we got to go. And so I'm excited. Our guys are ready, and hopefully we'll go out and perform well on Friday. 
95% Santa's a guest here on the pregame show. We'll take a break and be right back. You're listening to Vanderbilt Fibers Football on the Horn. Welcome back to Monroe Memorial Stadium. Half-time, half-time homecoming night here at the ballpark. Monroe Virgin along with Hank Hudson here. Um, moments before kickoff. Vipers come in at 4-0 after overwhelming Stony Point 48-7. They made a Mustangs into longtime head coach James Keller. Finished 7-4, reached the playoffs last season. They come in tonight at 3-1 overall, 1-0 in district play after holding off McNeil 42-31 before the bye. By the way, if you missed it, McNeil defeated Mr. Ridge last night 7-6. Wow. So that's yeah. a baseball score. That's a baseball score. But Coach Scott Hermes has got the Mavericks uh, heading in the right direction. That'll be a topic for next week. But, Hank, you talked about it. Maynard scores a lot of points. The Vipers score a lot of points. We might have a basketball game here tonight. Absolutely correct. And you heard Coach Sanders' pregame remarks about the uh, new offensive coordinator at Maynard. He's got a lot of weapons over there. And they're a lot more organized this year on offense. We heard that from Coach Sanders. and. They've got a big-time running back in uh, Titus Pettyway, so it's going to be interesting to see uh, how the Vipers defend that. You know, Vipers are known, Merle, for being a great tackling team. We don't let it, a lot of guys get to that second and third level. Uh, we get a lot of guys flying to the football, so it's going to have to be a group effort uh, tonight. Uh, and the Vipers, are, you know, they're going to face some adversity this season at some point. You know, right. it, may not, it may be like it may end up being something like what we saw last year, where. The final score, 34 to 6 against Maynard, looks a little one-sided. But Maynard had the, that football game in the first half last week, and I think they just kind of ran out of gas. Uh, not having that deep bench, you know, just looking at the, it's kind of staggering to look at their sideline versus ours in terms of the number of players suited up. Uh, 61 seniors, and I counted 40, uh, 40 total players on the Maynard roster. So. Right. Let's see if that fatigue factor comes into play. It's cooled down about 15 degrees in the last 30 minutes, so that's nice. That's the pregame ceremony there at halftime. Second meeting ever between these two teams. As Hank mentioned, uh, Maynard falling to the Vipers 34-6 to last year. Uh, but you talked about it in the pregame, Hank. These Vipers, their colors might be black, white, and silver, but they might as well have a big red target added to the uniform because everybody's shooting for them this year. Well, in the course of uh, Vipers' entry into 6A over the years, there's been every team we play in this district, Merle, there's a there's one, one or two games where there's some animosity and some real rivalry right. that's built up amongst uh, the teams. So, you know, this, for this team here, the uh, Maynard Mustangs, this last season, Maynard came in and with huge expectations for that game. They felt like they were going to win that game. I remember we went in uh, to the stadium before the game, and their fan base was going crazy. Right. And they were ready to put it on the Vipers and didn't work out for them. Uh, they did make a playoff run last year. Uh, you know, based on what we've seen so far, it looks like they got a pretty good chance of making the playoffs again. But it's taking care of business for the Vipers. You know, on paper, this, this looks like a, a Vipers win, but in 6A football, Merle, there are, no, uh, there are no layups. That's exactly right. So the ball is on the tee. It's going to be a wide Olsen kicking it away. Vipers banged up on defense, banged up in the kicking department. So Olsen up from the JV squad, kicks it down to the 2 to the 10. To the 15, up to the 20, good speed versus speed. And saves on his feet out to about the 28-yard line. That was Peyton Guyton, a junior wide receiver. And here we go. Got Sebastian Cavetton on the stop. Also, number 22, Aiden Jones. Vipers in the all-black. Looking good. Vic the Viper. I was interested last week, Merle, to hear uh, Matt Sanders tell us that uh, they don't call it Vic the Viper. Right. I guess I think they didn't catch on as yeah. much as we thought it had. <laughs> Nessie, is that what they, uh, yeah. they, they call? 
Uh, uh, inflatable? Sorry, Matt. We did a great job, by the way. But I, I thought like he, our nickname better. Yeah, I think he did a fantastic job. He did a great job. Three receivers wide left for a Mustangs offense that's averaging 41 points a game. And there's your first look at the big guys. And the first look at the Viper defense swarming to the football, as Hank talked about. Yeah, I was trying to figure out who number two was. Coach refers to him as number two, so I'm looking up the rosters and doing my research. Titus. Titus. The name doesn't fit a guy like that. I don't know what does. Second and eight coming up. Yeah, and you pointed out that before we went on there, Merle, he's not only the leading rusher on this team, he's also yeah. the le- leading receiver. Uh, just an explosive player. They're going to look to get the ball in his hands. 94 carries 1,013 yards in just four games. That's 10.8 yards per carry. In other words, the first time every time he touches the football. And he's got 280 receiving yards. And now moving on the lines, not much he can do about that. That'll push him back five yards and make it second and 13. Once again, the stemming up front from the Vipers, Merle. Coming into play early. We lead the universe in number of illegal <laughs> <Yeah>. procedures <laughs> penalties on the offensive line. I also like hearing Matt talk about uh, the the O line culture uh, and how right. you, you know the guy. There's always one guy who seems to have more penalties than the others, and uh, really interesting perspective I thought that Matt Sanders brought last week. Second down and 13 from the 27 yard line. High snap, handoff, and the Viper defense again swarming to the football. Right uh, in the way, Cruz Carrasquillo, the Cruz missile, along with Deshaun Morgan. Well, that's just a great inside move, Merle. As he dips that shoulder underneath the right tackle, crashes down. That has to go across the line of scrimmage to, to make that play. Good chance to get off the field. Mustangs going from left to right on a warm night. All white jerseys, red numerals and trim, white helmet with the red M on it. Fumble snap, ball's on the carpet, and it's going to be down right there. Whether the Vipers have it or not, they say they've got the football. Waiting for the official word. Looks like the Vipers have it. Oh, no. Maynard came away with the football, but it's still a loss of two yards and a fourth down, and the Mustangs will have to punt it away anyway. Well, it looks like uh, the quarterback, number nine, Jason uh, Zardavets, is that how you say that? And then uh, the, I don't think he was ready for the snap because it hit him. It went through his hands. It hit his face mask. And the ball bouncing around like a ripe plum on the carpet. Miles Coleman standing back in the 40-yard line. Lights on here at Monroe Memorial Stadium. Homecoming night. Home side of the stadium is jammed full. Low snap. Flipped off the carpet on one bounce and a pretty good punt. Coleman coming up for it. Feels in a dead run at the 50. The 45 bounces to the right side. Makes a man miss to the 40. To the 35. Stays in bounds at the 30-yard line. Pretty good punt considering the circumstances of 26 yards. And Miles Coleman got 21 of them back in his first and 10 Vipers. Well, that's a nifty return for Miles Coleman. He recognizes the flight path of the football there, Merle, like a center, center fielder. Right. Catches it on the dead run. He's got a unique skill set, I would say. Questions about the banged-up Viper defense, not so much about the Viper offense. 32.8 points per game, 425.4 yards per game. Those are collegiate numbers. Senior quarterback Deuce Adams, 57-79, to 79, 881 yards with nine touchdowns and no picks. He opens up the game with the empty back set. Two receivers to the right, three to the near side. Vipers in all black going from right to left from the Mustang 32. Hand off, Zade Oliver, straight ahead, running inside the 30 and pushes the pile forward to about the 27-yard line. A five-yard pickup, second and five. 
Boy, nothing fancy there, Merle. Uh, we didn't pull anybody. Just straight-ahead push by that big, huge Vipers offensive line. It's one of the best units we've ever had here. They didn't always build them that big here. No, they didn't. Play action. Pass complete to the tight end down to the 20-yard line. On the receiving end of that one was Jace Golden. And that'll be good for a seven-yard pickup and a first down and ten. Emails open, voiceofthevipers at gmail.com. I always remember being really undersized on the line, but the first group where I was really impressed with the size was that group with Matt Sanders when he was yep. a junior. Yep. That's when the trend kind of kind of uh-huh. shifted. Coach Sanders convinced some of the moms to let him eat more cheeseburgers. <laughs> yeah. First and ten from the 21-yard line. Coming in motion is E.L. Adams. Left the right shuttle pass underneath to him. He's going to try to turn the corner right side and does. And stumbles inside the 15 all the way down to the 12. Good balance out there by Adams. He was hit after about a four-yard pickup and managed to stumble forward for another couple. So it's going to bring up a second and two, I believe. Piper's operating at pace. Yeah, just going to say, going quickly, trips to the near side. Adams going to keep it himself. Looking for a running to miss... Trying to get the corner turn. Steps out of bounds at about the 14-yard line. That's going to lose a yard. Good pursuit there by the Mustang defense, Damian Godley, along with Ronzel Woods. Produce made that look rather routine, Merle. He kind of put his, put his hip into the inside there, got a little stiff arm. Normal human beings would be tackled for a loss there. <laughs> Third down and three coming up. Trips wide right. One receiver to the near side. Zade Oliver lined up to the right side of Deuce Adams. And this time the Vipers are going to return the favor and give up five yards as they flex at the line. That'll make it a third down and eight. Interesting how the Vipers are almost alternating between Brendan Fournier and Zade Oliver. One week it's Oliver, one week it's Fournier. Whichever one they plug in gets the job done, and so do the guys behind him. What a luxury to have two guys that can carry the torch like that. And we've seen some quality reps uh, also from, uh, was it uh, Tate Stevens? Tate he's, Stevens, He's yeah. had some quality reps also this year. So it's the cupboard is full, that is for sure. Third down and eight now from the 19-yard line. Just underway first quarter. Vipers first drive of the ball game going from right to left. No win to speak of, and now we're going to get a timeout. I want to keep it here because I don't want to take a chance on missing anything. Give a shout out to Cole Dixon operating the board back at the, the, the Horn Studios. His last night with us in Fortune. Brock Bollinger, who has been doing the sideline reporting and engineering, he's going to uh, take over Cole's duties. And Marcus Spears will be joining us up here in the booth for the second half of the regular season, as Coach pointed out. Yeah, we've had Marcus in the studio for the yeah, last couple yeah. of years. I've talked to him a hundred times, and it's the first time I've met him tonight. Yeah, same here. <laughs> I worked for him. I worked with him before that in the old K-Max Sports days and never ah. met him. So, nice to put a face with the name. Third down and eight coming up from the 29-yard line after the timeout. Coleman goes in motion, splits out wide to the right. Dropping back. Adams, great protection. Now the pocket. Now he's going to step up. Rolls to his right, keeping it alive. Going to bounce to the outside. Still alive. Pump fake. Can still throw it and finally had to throw it away. Great coverage downfield by the Mustang. Good protection, but just nobody to throw the football to. Well, that's one of the most interesting incomplete passes you're going to see <laughs> in football. 
A great job right there by number 78, Sam Perry, staying with his man. And Deuce kind of ran him back into the blocker and gave him some extra time. He shifted out there to the right-hand side. So Wiley Olsen set to try his first varsity field goal up from the JV squad. Vipers having some injuries in the kicker position. It'll be about a 20-36 yarder out of the hole to Drew Mestemaker. Olsen the sophomore. It's a fake. Mestemaker dropping back. Pass underneath. Complete. And stays in bounds with a 10 to the 5 in the end zone. They just say stepped out of bounds. Hauling it in with Scott Buchanan. Scott it's going to be very near the first down marker, Hank. What a nifty little fake field goal, but he may be marking him short. Nice execution by Mestermaker. Offense is coming back on the field. They're going to move the chains. He All right. Just enough. I like I liked what... I like what Buchanan did there, Merle, as he made sure he secured the catch, right. made sure his feet were in bounds. Then he tried to turn it back upfield and just hit that sideline barrier, and they called him out of bounds. But what a nice-looking fake field goal that was. And a good throw by Mestermaker coming in cold like that from the holder position. Design play all the way. Thank you to Patrick Olson, for the, by the way, for the reminder that that was Wiley Olson. Thanks to Coach Miles for updating the roster, so we didn't goof that up. Hand off, Oliver picking his way to about the 10-yard line, a hard-earned yard there for Zade Oliver. So all the different things that happen in football, you know, you've watched a lot of football games, I've watched a lot, and the, you think you've seen everything. Right. I don't think I've ever seen uh, three kickers out with an injury. I know. Well, we talked about that. The Vipers have three kickers. All could be started in other teams. None of them are playing tonight. That's right. So Wiley Olsen up, along with Hugo Delavara Vasquez, kickers for the JV squads. And the handoff underneath the Coleman, and he's flung to the carpet, and the helmet comes off. And that could have been a taunting right there. That was very dangerous. A nice play by Ryan Godley, but he might want to keep his opinion to himself next time. Yeah, no flag, no handkerchief on the field, but that was a really nice upfield move. He's one of those guys that's big and fast. Godley, number seven. Deadly combination. Kind of a trick play, too. They uh-huh. pump fake, they fake the little screen pass to the flat, and they handed it off to Coleman coming from left to right, and Godley was right there for a good stop. Third and 15 now from the 16-yard line. And now the Vipers are going to take another timeout. This is the second timeout of the half, if I believe they called the first one. I think you are. No, that's only the first, I think that's the first one, at least what the scoreboard says. So we'll keep it here, third down and 15 coming up. Voice of the Vipers at Gmail is the email address. Give a shout-out to Scott Schaffner up in Ohio. Talk to Scott before the game. Yep. You know, athletes, even former athletes, are highly stu- superstitious creatures. Uh, we're also <laughs> Scott and I always talk before talk, yeah. every game, even if neither one of us there. I talked to him last week. Got taking care of his parents. I guarantee he's more more bummed about not getting a chance to beat my mom than he is about I'm seeing us. I'm pretty today. sure he is. <laughs> your, your mom's grown into quite a legend over the, the course of the years. <laughs> the biggest fan and the biggest fan in the state of Illinois. Yeah. 
Third down to 15 after the timeout. Ball spotted at the 16-yard line. Vibers still moving from right to left. Seven minutes to go in this first quarter. It's been one possession each so far. Adams dropping back. Looking right. Pass. Looking into the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Adams to Adams again in the back corner of the end zone. And on a third down and 15, the Vipers are drawn first blood. What a beautifully thrown football from one Adams to the other. Deuce Adams that time just lays it. You couldn't have handed it to him any better than that. He's on the dead run, catches it over the shoulder. That's a corner route. Looks like it gets a cover two defense. So Coach Mauser taking what the defense gives him, running that route. That's a difficult route to cover because the safety Merle has a hard time getting over the top of that corner route, especially if you've got a guy who can run fast like like uh, Mr. Adams can. So right. touchdown Vipers. So now it's Wiley Olsen on for the extra point. Good snap and the whole kick is up. The goal posts look the same at the varsity level as they do at the JV level. He splits it right down the middle. 7 654 to go in the first quarter. Vipers lead 7 0. We'll take a break and be back for the kickoff. You're listening to Danica Vipers Football on the Horn. Well, the Vipers take their first drive down. Short drive took a lot of time up the block, however. 654 to go. The fake field goal. Mad scientist Blake Mauser goes into the laboratory. He didn't. He didn't even go deep in the play. That one. That no. was probably about midway through. <laughs> Kickoff coming from Olson, and it's going to be fielded at the goal line. He's going to bring it out up to the five. Looking left, trying to get the corner turned at the ten. Good burst of speed up to the fifteen. Vipers lose contain a little bit out to the twenty. And to the 25-yard line, Damian Godley with a good return. And it'll be first and 10 Mustangs with 6.45 to go. And the 30, 32, Alec Bauman, senior defensive back, hustling down on special teams. Also number 56, Noah Reitman, senior linebacker. And number 15 also put the special in special teams. That's Riker Skoglin, senior defensive back. So first down and 10 for the Mustangs from their own 25-yard line. Quarterback Jason Zardavets will take the snap, handoff, left side. Better result this time. Falls forward to the 30-yard line. About a five, still pushing for more. Six to seven-yard pickup. There's that extra push that the big body, Titus Petaway, will give you. A nest of Vipers over there, including number 61. Ian Biggie and Witt. What a career he's had. Also Ben Boer. Always, always near the football, number 55. Right. Second down and three from the 32-yard line. Dropping back. Take the swing pass. Now the pocket breaks down. He's just going to chunk that one into the sideline because he had Blaine Becker in his face. Becker was not fooled by that little fake screen pass at all. Becker straight downhill, attacking the outside shoulder of the nearest back, Merle, and got into the throwing lane because you're right, that was a quick screen designed to this near side. No way you're gonna, the quarterback's going to let go of that ball. And you got one of the guys in black chasing you. Third down and five coming up. Check that third and three from the 32-yard line. High snap, no pump fake. 
Looking, firing left side, and overshot is in the target. A little breakdown of communication there. There are five black shirts around it, and nobody in a Maynard uniform within about 10 yards. Got a little skittish there. He had a receiver breaking open. Peyton Guyton, the junior receiver, on a wheel route on the far sideline. And I don't think Mr. Zardovets got his got his eyes downfield to, to see him breaking free. Viper defense back saw the quarterback looking like he was going to scramble, so I think they came off their coverage. So the punting unit back on again for the Mustangs on a fourth down and three. Miles Coleman standing at about his own 35-yard line. Good snap back and a high but short kick. Coleman with the fair catch called for and made at the 41-yard line. And the Vipers will start this drive in pretty good field position with 5.47 to go in the first half, up 7 nothing. Great job by Miles there. Number 19 for Maynard. Javon Pierre-Paul was bearing down with ferocious intent, trying to distract him. Miles has always always been sure-handed in those punt returns. Yep, yep. He's got a punt return touchdown and a kickoff return touchdown, right. if I'm not mistaken, yep. last year. The first and only punt return touchdown. Yeah, two, I think. He had one two years ago with the first one, and then uh-huh. he had the other one last year. Yes. The first and ten Vipers from the 41-yard line. Empty back set now coming in motion, settling in left side. I believe that's Oliver. And Oliver going to get the carry. Straight ahead running, runs into a wall, but pushes the pile forward. Not a very big guy, Zayd Oliver, but somehow managed to push that pile forward for about a five-yard pickup, second and five. Interesting, Merle, this week we've seen a lot of straight-ahead running. Not a lot of yeah. not a lot of alignment pulling. Just our big guys versus their big guys. Tire irons at the 50-yard line. Trips wide right. Hand off Oliver again. And he's going to have both hands on the football. Maybe pick up a yard before he's knocked down. Can't read that number. So that change in play design, you, you know, Coach Mauser, they watch a lot of film. So he sees, sees something in that film, Merle, that says, okay, you got the speedy defensive lineman who can who can take that hard inside charge if their offensive lineman leaves. So i try and run it down their throats. So third down and three from the 47-yard line. So Chilton in motion to the right side, dropping back. Adams, great protection again. All day to throw. Pass over the middle. Caught. Upended. But held on to at the 42-yard line. Miles Coleman. Climbing the lateral Jordan-esque hang time, if you will. Had his legs cut off from underneath him. Still held out of the football. First down, Bannerman. Hmm. What a vertical leap. He almost overjumped there. Five is going quickly. Swing out left side to Coleman. Again, he dropped it that time. That was too easy for him. Second and ten. In that previous reception, he jumped up, Merle, and climbed the ladder, but he caught it in his numbers. It was uh, right. jumped so high, he did catch it in his midsection. That's a problem you had when you were young, I'm sure. You jumped too high, right? No? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Only in my dreams. Second down and ten. One receiver right. Three receivers to the near side. Now they're going to send Coleman a motion left to right. 4.28 to go first quarter. Vipers up 7 nothing. Adams. The quick drop. Pass underneath the Skogan. Complete to the 35 down to the 31-yard line. Like a long handoff and another first down. Number 88 in your program. Number one in your heart, Jay Skoglin. What a player. 
Devastating blocker, sure-handed. Got a touchdown taken off the board last week, right? Handoff up the middle. This is Fournier, his first carry of the night, down to the 25-yard line to the 23. I had his older brother, Charlie, former Viper kicker on the SU Football Weekly Southwestern Coaches wow. Show on Monday night. Oh, wow. Second down and two coming up after the 8-yard pickup from Fournier. Fournier is going to get it again. Same play, same result, and more down to the 15-yard line. Vipers moving the chains faster than I can keep up with the down display here on the broadcast. Well, this is just a line up and run it straight down yeah. here, Merle. We're not pulling anybody. We're just saying right now that our big five up front is better than yours. So far, winning most of those battles. Swing it out to the right side this time, and Coleman makes the first guy miss. To the 10, to the 5, far side. Fly comes out. He's into the end zone, but we might have a hold on the edge. Stoglin got tied up with somebody out there, and i got a feeling this one might be coming back. Well, maybe so, but you know what? It's an error of commission rather than an error of omission. Yep, that's exactly right. But he'll he'll have a chance to talk about that Monday morning. Right, right. As we know, uh, Coach Sanders, one of his routines, Admiral, just, just fascinating some of the stuff that he does as far as his traditions. is on Monday mornings, everyone who committed a penalty of the game will have an opportunity to give up and give a presentation to the teammates <laughs> about what happened and how he's going to correct the problem. Accountability mechanisms. That was indeed the call. Spot foul. So it's now first and 13 from the 18-yard line. Lock stop at 3.30 to go. I don't care how good your public speaking skills are. I don't think you want to have to address that meeting. <laughs> That's an uncomfortable meeting right. when you're 17, 18 years old. But, you know, that's that's what we love about football. It's a microcosm of life. Yep. That's the pressures you're going to be facing as an adult. Well, we've got another timeout. Let's see if we can sneak it in with them. We'll see how quick Cole is. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Vanderbilt Piper's Football on the Horn. Spread ahead, handoff. Ooh, hit hard at the 16-yard line. Maybe a couple-yard pick up there, but paying the price for it was Brendan Fournier. It's going to bring up a second down and 10. You know, that's how do you play linebacker? We're only going to step up and fill that hole. What's that number 32 for Maynard? That is Trevin Kanda. They've got some athletic looking players in that defensive line. Big, fast, strong. Second down and 11 from the 16 yard line. Handoff up the middle, and this is going to be Zayd Oliver down to the 13-yard line. Still pushing the pile full down to about the 12. And it's going to up a third down and seven. Piper's being a little bit more deliberate here. 28 on the carry. Number 27, Braden Harrison on that tackle for Maynard. Maynard Griff's a little bit slower. As we know, they've got a couple of different tempos. And off the Oliver, off the right tackle, inside the 10, pushing the pile forward, stays on his feet, and he's going to be all the way down to the 8-yard line. He's going to bring up an interesting decision here for Coach Sanders. It's going to be fourth and two from about the 8 with 2.02 to go in the first quarter. Well, you blood your 
young kicker here for a field goal attempt, or do you yeah. go forth and a fourth and uh, it's pretty long too, but it looks like the offense is staying out there. So far, that's what it looks like. Fourth and a long two from the eight. Adams in the shotgun, two receivers wide right. They send Coleman a motion. Bootleg to his left. Looking, fine, right side, got him wide open. Caught, touchdown, Brendan Fournier on a fourth down and two. And Fournier was about 15 yards behind the nearest Maynard player. What a very interesting play design there. So you fake that zone read look to the running back going right. Zade peels back to the 360, bootlegs the other direction. And I think the linebacker, who's the linebacker's probably in coverage there in that situation. I think he just lost Fournier and didn't didn't make the coverage read. And as you said, Fournier's all alone running into the end zone, and Deuce delivers the ball with effect. Good snap and hold. The kick from Olsen is up and good. And once again, our fifth game of the season, and for the fifth straight time, the Vipers have scored multiple times in the opening quarter. 14 to nothing. We'll take a break. Be back for the kickoff. You're listening to Bandicoot Fibers Football on the Horn. Seeking specialized patient-focused orthopedic care? Contact the experts at Texas Orthopedics. Our physicians offer comprehensive surgical and non-surgical orthopedic care for children and adults. Spine care, sports medicine, trauma care, joint replacement, rheumatology, and more. Whether it's a mobility or movement issue or a traumatic injury, our goal is to get you back to good health and quality of life. Visit us at txortho.com to learn more and to schedule an appointment. Texas Orthopedics, the largest independent orthopedic practice in Central Texas. Hi, I'm Jenny Covert at Covert Chevrolet in Bastrop. The Covert's offering you more, like six GM service locations, free delivery anywhere in Texas, highly qualified GM service technicians, and the best of the best in customer sales and service. For 114 years and six generations, we've been family-owned and operated. We prove it every day. We want to be your car dealer. Covert Chevrolet, Highway 71 in Bastrop, or online at covertbastrop.com. Find new roads. One thirty-one to go. Opening frame. Vipers up fourteen and nothing. Merle Burchett here along with Hank Hudson on homecoming night, game number five of the twenty twenty-three season. We reach the halfway mark of the regular season tonight. Or what the Vipers hope to be the third of the season mark. Kickoff coming from the forty-yard line, and this one's going to sail into the end zone. Nice job there by Olson. And the Mustangs will take over first down 10 at the 25. How many teams, high school teams in America have the fourth string kicker who can kick it into the end zone? Right. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Well, the Viper defense, Merle, so I don't think they've given up a first down. The Vipers have put two scoring drives together, Merle. Ten plays on both of them. They go 68 yards in the first drive and then... Uh, excuse me, they go 32 yards in the first drive, and then they go 59 yards in 10 plays for that last scoring drive. Deuce Adams, the first touchdown pass to his younger brother, and then the last, the second touchdown to Fournier. Pass one out left side, complete to the 25-yard line, and up to about the 28 after a three-yard pickup. That pass swung out to Johnny Pujenwa, a junior wide receiver. They're young. Not only do they not have a lot of guys, they've got a lot of younger underclassmen guys. Yes, they do. Before Bryson Carter doing a great job as the 
And he's the boundary corner. Also, Mestermaker getting in on the action there. He's got a completion. He's held for an extra point. And now he's got a tackle. I love that. You uh-huh. think you're going to be the starting quarterback. You yeah. wind up not being the starting quarterback. And you do stuff like that. Second a, down and seven. Trips what, to the near side. What a great attitude. Yep. Under a minute to go. Hand off. Up the middle. And again, the Viper defense just swarming to the football. I don't care how big Titus Petaway or any other back is. If you're running into three or four Vipers, you're going to go down. Yeah, it looks like Titus is trying to pick a hole there, and that usually doesn't work out very well against his Vipers D because we've got so many guys flying to the football. You're going to pick a hole and go. You're going to have a long day. Third down and five. Dropping back, looking, pass, complete. Mm. Oh, oh, boy, oh, boy. That might be the hit of the season right there. Is that 61? That's Ian Witt, the junior. Shoulder pad to shoulder pad, and that's how the first <laughs> first quarter is going to come to an end with the score. Vipers 14, Mustangs nothing. We'll take a break. Be back for quarter number two. You're listening to Bandicoot Vipers football on the horn. Welcome back to the Norm Memorial Stadium. Second quarter about ready to get underway. Mustangs going from right to left. And they face a fourth down and sixth from their own 30-yard line. Interesting punt formation. Only about 10 yards. So he's punting the ball at about 8 yards. And Matt Sanders last week boldly predicted a blocked punt. Yes, uh, he did. I think that's, that is in the playbook this week as well. Number 61, Ian Witt on that last tackle, Merle. That's a, in the football dictionary. If you look up decleating yes. an opponent, <laughs> that's, that's what you'll see in that entry. Knocked him, knocked him into the middle of next week looking both ways for Sunday, as <laughs> famous coach used to say. All right. I think we were waiting on an official to uh, get back on the field after making an impromptu pit stop, but I think we're about ready to go now. Fourth down and a long five from the 29-yard line. Good snap back and low end-over-end kick. It's going to take a Mustang roll out of bounds, and the Vipers will start another drive. This will be the worst field position of the night, and it's still outside the 30. First down and 10, second quarter just underway. 14-0 Vanderbilt. Well, so far, Merle, Maynard not having much success on offense. They've been out on three consecutive possessions. This will be the Vipers' third possession, and they've scored a touchdown on the first two after running ten plays. So Things are going very well for the Vipers in all aspects of this game. The first down and 10 from the 35-yard line. Play action. Looking. Oh, he headed off to Coleman. Fool me. Coleman. Oh, he's going to be losing a yard back to the 34-yard line. One of the Mustang defenders got to the backfield and tripped him up just enough to knock him down. That doesn't happen very often. Second and 11. Good job there by Mainers. Number 20, I believe. Isaiah Randall. Or Israel Randall. Shoestring tackle. 
So second down and 11 from the 34-yard line. One receiver to the left, one to the near side. And this time play action for sure. Adams dropping back, going for it all up the center of the field. Coleman under throwing a little bit, but he catches it anyway. Breaks three for the 25. Now reversing field, stays on his feet again. Still on his feet and finally goes down to the 23-yard line. Made about three guys miss after coming back to the football. And it's going to be first down Vipers at the 25-yard line of the Mustangs. Boy, what a great throw and catch there. A little bit underthrown. It's you know kind of hard to outthrow Miles Coleman, I think. But the thing about that is we've seen all season is that's a late developing route. You've got to have great O-line protection, and we had it that time. First down Vipers. Handoffs up the middle and going to be down to the 17-yard line. Good carry there for Zay Oliver. The big O line has just done a great job all year. Left tackle Blake Frazier, the Michigan commit. Left guard Jacob Henry, number 50. Rylan Wisdom, first year starter at center. Gage Garrison, all district last year. He's a right guard. And then number 78, Sam Perry. Hog Mollies are in the house. Second and one from the 15. And they had a hook in the middle out, but I wasn't sure. It looked like a slot T kind of play there. I wasn't sure who had the football, but it was going to be Zayn Oliver. He's going to be left to the line of scrimmage, and that might be about it. He entered a yard for the first down. It looked like he picked up about a foot and a half. Good competitive intensity in the Maynard Mustangs. They came to play. Not giving the Vipers anything easy. No, they're not. Vipers third and short. From just around the 15-yard line. Forney in the backfield. He's going to take the ball, and he's going to pick up the first down and more. Needed about a foot, got about two yards. Going to be first and 10 Vipers from the 13. Just straight ahead, football. With those big five hog mollies. Big Jay Stoglin, number 88. Vipers in no big hurry right now. Going to take a little bit of air out of the game, yep. I think. Play clock down to 13. Inside of nine minutes to go opening quarter. Two receivers to the left, one to the near side. First down and 10 from the 13-yard line. Now Fournier lines up to the left side of Adams. Play action. Adams now dancing right. Still with the football, and he's going to tuck it under and spin move out of bounds at about the 6-yard line. He doesn't do anything easily. That little spin move at the end picked up an extra three yards, added some style points, and it just looked good. I mean, I guess that's a pirouette. Yeah, go, pirouette's yeah. a better move, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and he made it look easy. That's something we've seen from him. Got big number 72, Jackson Barr, checking in as an extra hog molly. He's kind of the sixth man on that front five. Second down and four. on the seven-yard line, and now we're going to get a timeout, take, timeout taken by the Mustangs. That's the refrigerator package. So you move yeah, your left yeah. guard, Jacob Henry, into the backfield, and you bring in Jackson Barr to fill that spot. I wouldn't want to try and tackle Jacob Henry. I mean, no, if he gets no. the ball with a head of steam. No. 
They're giving him the ball. Uh, I guess that was the second game of the season. Did he score or was he stopped? I, think he's, I guess midway. They gave him a carry yeah. on the goal line. He got a yard, I believe. Interesting to run that formation here at the six-yard line. You would expect uh, to see it at the, at the yard uh-huh. or two. Well, Vipers will head back to Round Rock and Dragon Stadium next week to take on their former defensive coordinator, Scott Hermes, the McNeil Mavericks, in game number three of district play. In case you missed the news, McNeil knocking Vista Ridge from the ranks of the undefeated. Seven to six, I think. So that's a baseball score. I'd like to know the story of that game. Well, and, you know, the thing is, uh, Coach Hermes was a defensive coach here. You know, Coach Sanders started his career as a, as a defensive coordinator and coach, and those defensive coaches love that kind of thing right there. Oh, yeah. Seven to six, you yeah. know, as a defensive coach, you're over the moon happy. Your defense stepping up big to win a game like that. So same formation here. Nope, looks like Adams up under center. Dropping back. And the slap pattern caught it in the end zone touchdown. Miles Coleman lined up on the left side, just did a slap to the inside. Shielded the defender with his body. The pass a little low from Adams. The Coleman made it look easy. And the Vipers up 20 to nothing. Well, that time Mater had everyone inside the box, you know, looking to stop the run against that, wish, that like a wishbone formation almost, or a power eye, Maryland power eye, and just a quick drop and throw on the slant route. That's an extremely difficult to, route to cover on the goal line with no, no help in the middle. That's the point from Olsen is up. And it is good. So 8.29 to go first half. All Vipers so far, they've opened up a 21-point lead. We will take a break and be right back. You're listening to Grand Eagle Vipers football on the horn. Welcome back to Monroe Memorial Stadium. 8.29 to go first half. All Vipers on homecoming night up 21 to nothing. And so far, it's been a very one-sided football game. Yes, indeed. The Vipers go six plays that time, Merle, and they go... 65 yards, the bulk of it coming on a 40-yard reception by Miles Coleman. Then he cut the four-yard TD pass. Return through five up to the 10 to the 15 and knocked out of bounds at about the 18-yard line. That's where Maynard will start this drive. I don't think they, they may have started one drive at the 25, but otherwise they've been pinned down fairly deep. The Vipers have been out above the 35-yard line every possession. Now here's a guy we have called his name all year long on special teams. We're on that kickoff coverage unit, number 52, Dylan Linehan. Yeah. Coming down there, staying his lane, the runner started off to the left, ran across the field. Dylan Linehan is exactly where he's supposed to be, Merle, and puts on the finish, the coup de gras, special teams tackle. Always fun to watch the special teams. Yep. Quarterback is going to bootleg to his right. Now he's going to tuck it under and run and escort it out of bounds by Sebastian Cavetti. As that time, Jason Zardovets. Looked like a half-handed uh, or a half-hearted attempt to maybe throw it down the field. That almost looked like a design play. Second and five. Yeah, that's one of the few plays we've seen where we didn't we didn't try and get the ball to Titus Titus Pettyway. Right. A little bit one-dimensional in terms of where they want to go with the football. Second down and five from the 23-yard line. High snap, and that's over his head. Scramble for it back at the 16-yard line. It looks like the Mustangs fell on again, but it's going to be a big loss and set up a third and 12. Second time tonight they've had problems on the exchange. Yes, it's just a little bit high, but looks like one he should have handled. 
Paul Woods writing in on the email says, Way to go, Drew number nine. We love watching you from Grammy and Grandpa. All right. Thank you, folks. Drew Mestermaker contributing numerous ways tonight. The Swiss Army knife. Yep. Third down and 12 from the 17-yard line. Clock rolling, 7.39 to go first half. Vipers up 21-0. The Zardavets in the shotgun. Dropping back. Stepping up, rolling to his left. And keeps it alive. It throws it to the Viper bench. Just good pursuit there by the Viper defense. Did not have a chance to really square up and throw. That's David Overhauser applying the pressure. And it'll bring up a fourth down. Well, you really cut the field in half when you scramble like that. And a right-handed quarterback scrambling to his left. It's a difficult proposition. Vipers had that one sniffed out. You know, we came into the game, Merle, worried a little bit about uh, injuries and right. uh, on the, in the defensive backfield, but so far so good as we've had a couple of guys coming in and deputized. Aiden Jones has been in the game. Number 22, he's a junior. Next man up. That's the way it works. Mustang scrambling to get an 11th player on the field. Good snap back in the punt. It's a low line drive kick that's going to take a high bounce for Coleman. They're feeling it the 38 to the 40. To the 45, to the 50, to the 45, to the 40. Look out, 35, 30. Foot race, 25, 20. He might have another one to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown, Miles Coleman. His third of his career. Unbelievable. Great job blocking that time. Number five, Blaine Becker did an outstanding job, Merle. Making sure he didn't get a block in the back there and screened the player, allowed Miles to break free. And right there, you got to see the Turbo Jets. Leander... Independent School District is going to issue a speeding citation yep. sooner or later. <laughs> so back on the field, Wiley Olson is getting plenty of reps. And now they're going to look a lot like, looking like they're going to go for two. Mestemaker and the shotgun. Olson lined up as a receiver on the left side. What, do you, what, do you, what are the chances he's going to drop kick it? No. And he's going to quarterback keep it and hit it at the line. It can't quite get in. I thought he was going to get in, but a, a good push there by the Mustangs defense. So the two-point conversion is no good. That's the only thing that's gone wrong tonight for the Vipers. 7-9 to go first half. New score, 27-0. We'll take a break and be right back. Randy Goodpiper's football on the horn. Seven oh nine to go first half. All Vipers on homecoming night, 27-0. Miles Coleman electrifying the crowd on a punt return for a touchdown. Third one of his career. You look on the career Vipers leaderboard, and he's the only guy on that. That's right. Punt yep. returns, touchdown leaderboard. Olsen's kickoff is going to be fielded at the 5, up to the 10, coming right to left, to the 15, to the 20, to the 25, and the 30. Pretty good return by the Mustangs. That was Elijah Prosser, a senior, on the return. Great job. Linehan's in there again. Also, number 20, Scott Buchanan. He's got a reception on a fake field goal. Also, number 25, Luke Miller, senior defensive back. So here comes Artevets leading out the offense. First down and 10 from the 32-yard line. Alistair Stevens is playing safety. Also, 
Swing pass to the right side up to the 30 to the 35 yard line. Looks like it's going to go a lot farther, but it's only going to be about a three yard pickup for Peyton Guyton. Get a look at number 42, Adam Scott. He's a junior linebacker. Second and seven coming up for the Mustangs. Sebastian Covetton's in there at one of the corner spots. He's seen a lot of playing time getting a start tonight. Straight ahead handoff. And it's going to be knocked down at the 42-yard line. Very near the first down marker for Titus Petaway. That's the Swiss Army knife, number nine. Mestermaker on the tackle. Yeah, Mestermaker on the stop. I think that's their first first down of the night. I think you're right. The first down and ten for the Mustangs. Trying to get something positive. Vipers, I believe, will get the football to start the second half. Jacob Henry's getting some reps at defensive tackle. Multitasking. He's played three positions tonight. First down and ten from the Mustang 42. Moving from right to left. And now first and 15 is their running back broke position. And it'll be first and 15. Christian Schreiner riding in. Said just wanted to give a shout out to number 77, Blake Fraser. From his family in Ohio. Go Vipers, go Blue next year. Blue referring, of course, to the University of Michigan. Blake will be a Wolverine. Just like his dad, like I his think. his dad, yeah. yeah. Family tradition. Well... He is looking good this year, that's for sure. First down and 15 after the penalty from the 37-yard line. High snap. Pass over the middle complete. Oh, dropped it. Added his hands momentarily to Darian Houston, just a sophomore. That would have gone for a lot of yardage, too. Sure would have. Unfortunate there is number nine, Tardivets, hit him in a bad place, the hands. The second and 15 stops the clock with 5.55 to go first half. On this even to the right, to the near side. And roll it to his right. Pass underneath and a nice catch there at their time. No, the Vibers say it is incomplete. Almost a sensational circus catch by Jaden Buck. He was kind of backpedaling at about the 40-yard line. The ball was low. He had it for a second, but couldn't quite haul it in. Number 16, Jack Heercamp. On a defensive effort that time. Another drop pass. I mean, I think that was underthrown a bit, but I think that's you got to catch or get a penalty. Got a penalty here. I didn't see what in the world. I didn't see what it was, but it's going to be a first down for the Mustangs at the Viper 48-yard line. Their first, first foray across midfield, I believe. So first down to the Viper 48 with 547 to go. I didn't see the call there. Did you use the interference? I didn't see it. Fairly substantial penalty, however. Rolling to his right, looking downfield. Now back to his left. Being pursued, going to tuck it under and scamper out of bounds at about the 42-yard line. Nice decision there by Zardavetz, the senior. We'll pick up about six yards on the play, second and four. So great job that time by your left defensive end, Merle, number 29, the cruise missile, Cruz Carrasquillo. He, he's the force player. He's the edge player on that side. That play was designed to go to the right. 
He set that hard edge out there on the right, kept his outside shoulder free. Quarterback is forced to peel back the other direction, so great job. Again, number 29. So second and four from the 42-yard line. Trips wide to the right. Ball in the near half. Mustangs going for Michael F. Handoff in the backfield and swarmed under by three or four Vipers. Titus Petaway with just nowhere to run. 55 and 47 on the stop. That's Boer and Overhausen. There were two more coming in to make sure. I think there were 42. Adam Scott, the junior linebacker, got there first. Vipers getting some good good efforts from some of your backup players here due to injuries and everybody's slotting in nicely. Yeah, getting it done. So third and five. Trips wide right, one to the near side. For Zardovitz. And again, moving on the line. That'll make it a third and ten. Holly Eagle riding in, wondering if there's a way to cover the light that appears on the screen. Unfortunately, no. It's coming from the window in the hallway behind us. So, I don't think there's any way without some construction work to take care of that. The difficulties of... Engineering, are, uh, the, the list of technical difficulties continues to grow. <laughs> we had some unusual challenges before we broadcast this game. So third down and 10 from the 48. Dropping back Zardavets. Going to dump it off underneath, complete, and breaks one tackle. Can't get by the second, third, and fourth wave. First one to get to him was Aiden Jones. Stepped out of that tackle, but Jones held him up long enough for the Cavalier to arrive. That was Petaway out of the backfield. He's probably broken his share of tackles, I'm guessing. That's, that's a great job of getting tackling there, Merrill. So you're exactly right. Aiden Jones did a good job holding on for dear life there. By the time Petaway could break free, Aiden Jones' good buddies on the defense came over to help him out. He had five black jerseys swarming to the ball. So it's up a fourth and four. Mustangs going for it from the Viper 42-yard line. Dropping back, Zardovitz looking, firing over the right side. That ball is incomplete. The sailed on him, out of bounds, and it'll be a turnover on downs. The Vipers will get it back with 4-1 to go. Already at 27-0, a chance to score again here before halftime. The Maynard penalties are berating the official for not calling an offsides there. The Vipers take over. And that is the fifth possession for Maynard, and that's the first possession where they got a first down. So the Vipers defense pitching the shutout so far. Coach Sanders wants that shutout, Merle. Oh, yes, he does. Offense comes on the field, first down, 10 at the 42-yard line. And you said it, Hank. I am so impressed with this sort of patchwork makeshift Viper defense, the job that they're doing on this high-powered Maynard offense. Golden comes in motion, left to right, settles in at the right slot position. Hand off out of the backfield. New running back in, and he is going to squirt forward for a yard or so on the play. That is Ben Emanuel, the senior. Going to bring up a second down, and uh, they gave him no gain, so second and ten. What a luxury having all this depth for the Vipers. Second down and 10, dropping back, looking, firing over to the left side. That ball is caught, I believe. Eli Adams hauling it in at the 13-yard line. Adams to Adams again. 
Hmm. Again, like we saw Miles Coleman do, he just kind of used his hips to screen off the defender, kept him on his back like blocking out in basketball. Hauls it in, first down at the 13-yard line. Just great body position. You said it, Merle. Just intuitive, instinctive. It's probably the thousandth time he's done a pass to his brother, I would imagine, over the course of the years. Emmanuel with the carry, and he's going to be stacked up at the 10-yard line, a gain of about three on the play, second and seven. Also for receiver, it's you know it's a art form or a you know intuition combined with coaching about when to get your head around for the football because that's a big tip off the right. defensive back when you see late in that route Eli Adams gets his head around not his shoulders right because if you turn your shoulders and your upper body you're gonna you're gonna slow down uh, your speed's gonna slow down but he, he looks for the ball first then makes the adjustment. Great job by Eli Adams. So second down and seven from the ten. Dropping back Adams. Looking, rolling right. Still with the football. Fires over the right corner of the end zone. That ball is somehow caught by Miles Coleman. The magic show continues, Merle. Wow. Greatest show on turf. (laughs) I'm not sure how he came out of there with the football. There was... There's a lot of traffic in that corner of the end zone. So 33 to nothing, Vipers. Putting it on the Mustangs here. Wiley Olsen. On for yet another extra point attempt out of the hole to Mestermaker. I expect to see on the field in the second half the way this one's going. Kick is up. And the kick is good. 217 to go first half. All Vipers, 34 to nothing. We'll take a break. And close out the first half. You're listening to Vanica Piper's Football on the Horn. You're listening to KTAEAM Elgin, K270CO, Round Rock. We are the Horn. The Horn. Kickoff coming from the 40-yard line. And it's going to be fielded at the 7 bobble, but they tracked it down to the 15 to the 20. Nice see them on the right side. And out to the 30-yard line. And, Hank, coaches love stuff to work on. The kickoff returns have been pretty good tonight for the Mustangs. Yes, they have. Coverage view has been an outstanding job. You know, Messrs. Linehan, Buchanan, doing a great job. Always fun to watch Coach Mauser on the sideline. The hot bench down there is right in front of us. Offensive line comes off the field in the back. They all line up in their position. Coach Mauser's down there offering very dramatic and emphatic words of encouragement. So there's uh, apparently some coaching still going on down there. Uh, the folks watching that video got a glimpse of that just now. So first and ten Mustangs from their own 32-yard line. They've got two minutes and 12 seconds to work with. They've got two timeouts remaining. And they find themselves facing a 34-point deficit for these Vipers. And off up the middle. And that just hasn't been there at all tonight for Maynard. Maybe a couple of yards for Penaway. Going to make up a second down and eight. So the hot bitch concept, one of the more modern coaching innovations. So the players, offensive players, run off the field, Merle, and they go sit on a bench in their designated positions, lined up right. like they are on the field. So the coaches know exactly where they are so they can start drawing up the plays again. You know, get, you're not drawing up in the dirt so much anymore, but, you know, they're still, they're still doing some coaching. Coaches need those visual aids sometimes, right? Yes, indeed they do. <laughs> Second down and eight. Well, 
Dropped the snap, but picked it up. It took a friendly bounce for him, rolling to his left. Looking, firing, and that's a jump ball in the center of the field, and that ball is going to be incomplete, almost intercepted. The only guy who had a chance of that was Aiden Jones. And he started running with his hands in the air. If he just puts his hands on and runs that route like a receiver, he probably hauls it in. Yeah, stop running. Yeah, that's We talked about that earlier. Right. If you turn your body around, it slows you down or you stop running. You've got to continue your route. I think you're right. If he at least a better chance of him completing the ball, because the quarterback's expecting to continue the route and just throwing it to a spot down there. So third and eight coming up. Stops the clock with 127 to go first half. Trips now wide left. Handoff. Looking for a running room and not going to find it. And even going to lose the track. Titus Petterway with nowhere to go at all before Adam Scott said hello. And it's going to bring up a fourth and ten. Discipline is one of the hallmarks. And we're on that time, number 22, Aiden Jones, the unsung hero on that sequence because he comes up and sets the edge. And you saw Petaway saw there was nowhere to go to the outside. So we had to cut that back in, and that's where all the good guys are. Right. And it's another tackle for loss or no game. I think the Vipers called a timeout because they're hoping he's maybe block this punt or get another nice return here. We've seen crazier stuff happen than teams coming back from 34 points down. There's over a half of football left to go, so Vipers are not going to take their foot off the gas. If for no other reason, A, you want to work on this stuff, but B, you want to build up that lead so the guys that don't get a lot of playing time can come in in the second half. Exactly right, Merle. I think we're going to see the first string units, at least the opening two possessions going into the second half, even with the big lead. Got to get your reps in. Got to the eye in the sky. Has to record the activity and then get some backups planned. Great snap back and a roast good kick off the side of the foot. Angled out of bounds at about the 43-yard line, but they're going to mark it even further up the field than that. Let's see where they mark it down at here. Messermaker's on the punt return unit playing defensive end. Of course he is. Yes, so I 20, guess, yeah. 23-yard punt, no return. A little bit of everything. Yeah, we've seen that before, too, going back in the years past. So you've got a good athlete. He might be a star wide receiver or whatever, but he comes on and he plays defensive back. He'll, he'll play on special teams. You just can't afford to keep those good athletes off the field. Yeah, think about Hudson Lilly. Right. You know, he's a backup quarterback, but did just about everything else on the <laughs> field for the Vipers. And Messamaker's that guy this year. Hudson Lilly did the same thing for the baseball team. I think he played every position out there last year. First and 10 from the 45 draw line. Vipers with 111 to go. Dropping back Adams. Screen pass underneath to Coleman, who dropped it. May have been plotting his course before tucking it away. <laughs> He's getting ready to kick in the afterburners. Well, that's only the second incompletion of the half, so I think we're 9 of 11. Wow. There's a lot of people who uh, can't go 9 out of 11 playing catch in the backyard. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Trips now wide left, second down or 10 from the 45-yard line. Coleman comes in motion, settles in right side. Now go back left. 
Play action pass. Adams looking. Pocket breaks down. He rolls to his left. Fires over the right. Left side got a receiver. Wide open. Caught from 37 to 30. Stiff arm to the 25, and he tripped up at the 23-yard line where he'd still be running. I think that was Scoglin. Sure was. And again, we see Deuce Adams real keeping his eyes downfield. Yep. I mean, a lot of quarterbacks in that situation is going to tuck the ball under their arm, run it upfield, get five, six, eight yards, but Deuce just keeps his eyes downfield. Pump fake under a minute to go. Firing, going for it all. Right side of the end zone. That ball is caught into the end zone. Adams again, touchdown. He had a defender draped all over him, caught it anyway, shook him off, and stepped into the end zone. So you think about that pass, Merle, there. That's by design. He's throwing it to a spot on that outside shoulder. Yep. To give his receiver a little bit behind him, give his receiver a chance to make a play on the on the ball there, and young, uh, twin brother Eli Adams delivers in a big way, and then tippy toes into the uh, end zone for a touchdown. Fibers have put up 41st half points. Good snap and hold. The kick is up for Olson. And it's good. 38 seconds to go. We'll take a quick break. Be back to close out the first half. Vandegan Piper's football on the horn. Well, the Pipers have played four good first halves of football. I would say exceptional good halves of football, Hank Hudson. This fifth one has topped them all. 40 to nothing already. I'll tell you what, the Vipers' offensive juggernaut is continuing to uh, be unstoppable. I mean, five touchdown passes for Deuce Adams. He's 10 out of 12 in that first half. Offensive lines giving him all day to throw. Everything seems to be working. Set to kick it away for the Vipers. Noah Call Bear, the normal kicker, will kick it off there. And he spins it on, along the ground. It's a live football, of course. And scrambled for it. Maybe gets back out at the 33-yard line. So... What do you imagine Coach Mauser's study is? Is it high-tech computer monitors, Star Trek Enterprise stuff, or is it like a gnome in Lord of the Rings where he's in there with, you know, magic <laughs> potion? And I wonder what it looks like. I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I really do. I mean, I've seen him draw some stuff up on the whiteboard. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of stream of consciousness. I bet he's got notebooks and he's got, yeah. you know, I bet he's got an app on his phone where he can design a play or two. Um, we got to see him again and uh, go into the hot bench that time. And uh, sometimes he, when he's uh, when his dander's up, uh, we see him talking with his hands. Yeah. And so he's he's got some kind of co- coaching point he's down there making. Even when you're up 41 to zero, he's still coaching's not done. Handoff. And Cruz Carrasquillo there to say hello to Titus Petaway, knock him down to the turf after a one-yard pickup, second and nine. We'll see if the Mustangs run another play or if they. Lip off to the locker room here to try to regroup. Ben Boer on the stop, also number 42. Again, Adam Scott calling his name a lot tonight. I think that's going to do it for the first half. Yeah, Mustangs are heading through the locker room. And the Vipers with an explosive with a capital E first half. They lead it by a score of 41 nothing. So we'll take an extended break. When we come back, Hank and uh, Renee Hudson will have the stats for you. And uh, we'll get uh, a word in with Coach Sanders and uh, have the homecoming festivities, especially those of you watching on video. So we'll take a break and be right back. You're listening to Vanderbilt Piper's Football on the Horn. 
Welcome back. 41 to nothing. Your school here at the end of the first half. Vipers on top of the main Mustangs. Merle Bertrand here along with Hank Hudson. And uh, just a few moments ago, Brock Bollinger had a chance to catch up with head coach Drew Sanders down to the sidelines. Let's hear your coach's thoughts on an explosive first half of Viper football. Big first half out of Miles Coleman, both on offense and in special teams. What can you say about his versatility? I mean, Miles Coleman is um, the cover boy of Texas football magazine you know i mean he's everybody knows about him and uh, you better not leave him single covered and if you do you're going to pay i mean he's that good yeah, big lead uh, obviously in the first half what, what's important in the second half what are you going to tell your guys well we've done this before thankfully we've, we've had kind of leads like this but we haven't performed very well in the second half you know obviously won the game but like i'd like to come out and truly play like a zero zero come out and, and play hard so everybody can play um, and then, you know, just play disciplined football. No, no penalties. Um, be sharp on special teams, you know, all that kind of stuff. So we'll, we'll go talk about what we need to do there. All right. One last question for you. Most importantly, who do you think uh, is going to take home the uh, homecoming queen and king and queen crown? I have no opinion on the queen, but I, um, our center's up for king, so I'm going to vote for Ryland. Right. Awesome. Thank you, Coach. I don't think Brock. Anybody's ever asked Coach that question before, so you broke new grounds. That's, very, that's big J journalism right there. And you got him to go on record, which is even more impressive. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, very yeah. impressed that he came up with an answer to that on the yeah. spot. No, that, that could better win, or I'm going to ask him about it in the postgame. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, uh, what, yeah, I mean, what's it like down there on the side? Obviously, a festive atmosphere, and the Vipers are just exploding on the offensive side and pitching a shot out here at halftime. Do they seem happy and satisfied, or are they still hungry and looking for more? No, they seem very happy. The, the biggest thing, though, is looking on the other sideline, they're just dejected. Gaunt, yeah. Like, there is no life on that sideline whatsoever. I mean, you're down 41 to nothing at halftime. You can tell by looking at it, you know. Yeah, the thing is that the Vipers aren't allowed to sit on the bench. They've got benches down there, but those are live benches, hot benches for players who are coming off the field right. to go right to their coaching spots. But you look on the other side of the field, uh, you know, half of the Mainer team is, you know, kind of dejected like you talked about, sitting on the bench, not really involved in the game. They've only got uh, about 42 guys, did we say, on the entire roster. Uh, you know, Vanderbilt's got 61 seniors. So uh, it's just uh, a difference of you know, the scope of the program. Um, size of the school, Vandergrift, you know, keeps these guys involved in the program, and they want to be there. They, a lot of them aren't going to get playing time, but they want to be a part of the program. Coach Sanders gives everybody a role on the team. If you're on the varsity, you've got a job to do every single game, right. uh, whether it's on the sideline or on the field. So, uh, And then what you see here is you've got a bunch of guys out with some injuries, right? And, you know, in these situations, there's you've got a guy maybe who's got a little bit of a niggle, a little bit of an injury where – if he needed to be pressed into playing, a lot of those decisions get made if you don't have any depth, where right. we're going to go ahead and play him and see if he can go, maybe get a half out of him. Instead, we're going to rest, uh, you know, I guess we've got three starters on defense that are yeah. getting rested tonight, get them healed up, and then they you know, are ready to go for the season. You're getting a lot of different guys touching the football on offense, and you're not wearing your horses out. Right. Yeah, th- it's... I think I, I noticed that earlier. I was talking to somebody. I was like, is it just me or does it seem like Vandergriff has a lot more players on the sideline? Yeah, it, yeah. it was. It, it, it looks like it's a third, maybe a third right. of what Vandergriff has. It's, you know, you can fit all their players in like 10 yards, 15 yards right there sitting next to each other, whereas Vandergriff's taking up half the field. So, it's yeah, you can tell the difference in, um, in programs just, just being out there. Yeah, and that, you know, one thing we noticed, and Hank has talked about it a little bit, he talked about the hot benches. 
What are the coaches coaching? What, what can you tell? What, what can you pick up about what they're saying to the guys when they come off the field? Obviously, they don't. They never take their foot off the gas. So what are, what are they talking about down there? Yeah, I feel like they're just kind of like what Coach Sanders said at halftime, like play like it's zero zero. They're right. just trying to motivate the guys, you know, because when you're up thirty four to zero with five minutes left in the second quarter, it's pretty easy to right. uh, you know take your foot off the gas a little bit. And so that was that was the main thing I noticed on the sideline. Well, the, we talked about the weather a little bit. It's still hot, but is it? I mean, you've been uh, out here since day one back in August, that first night out at Dripping Springs. Is there a breeze down in the field? What are the temp- what are the conditions like down there? Uh, it is a lot better than those first few weeks. <laughs> yeah, there's a light you, breeze. You look a little bit more refreshed. Yeah, I'm not I'm not dripping in sweat right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. You know, getting the equipment wet. You know, it's it, it feels nice though. A lot better than than previous games. Finally getting the football weather, or at least Texas's version of football weather, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, any final thoughts on what you've seen? Anything else that you've seen out there that we may have uh, missed uh, before we let you go? I mean, the main thing for me, I feel like we talk about it every week because it feels like every week they have these big halftime leads. Right. Just how do they come out in the second half? Yeah. You know, are they are they flat? You know, I'm I'm not going to say are they going to come out like they did in the first half because that's that would be difficult to do. But are they going to come out and make it? You know, like Coach said, act like it's zero zero. Right? Keep that physicality that they had in the first right. half. That's that's going to be the main thing for me um, in the second half. Well, Brock, awesome job as always. And uh, you stay up here cool off a little bit. We'll talk to you in the postgame. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. So we got about 15 minutes left in the half. Uh, halftime celebration on homecoming night. 41 nothing Vipers on top. We'll take another extended break and be right back for more of the halftime festivities. You're listening to Bandicoot Vipers Football on the Horn. And welcome back to Menorah Memorial Stadium. 41 to nothing to score here. The Vatican Fibers on top of the Maine Mustangs. And uh, while we wait for the Mustangs to come out on the field here to start the second half, I'm going to bring in my special guest. I talk to her every week on the broadcast, the number one Viper fan in the state of Illinois. And my mom, how are you? I'm great. This is fabulous to be here in person. And I'm so proud of my son, Merle, and I won't deny it. He's been a sports fan all of his life. When he was a kid, we had one TV, four kids, and whenever it was a football game or a, or a sports game, Merle was allowed to watch that, and the girls just had to live with it. But they had their share of stuff too. So did he? Uh, did he when he was a young man, you know, a little uh, toddler? Did he? Uh, did he commentate the games when they were when? Oh, he most certainly did. <laughs> and when he got a little older, he would be rolling off the couch and hooting and hollering and yelling and screaming, <laughs> carrying on. <laughs> and as a young boy, he played in the Pee Wee League and in the bigger leagues. And he was also an umpire as he grew up. And he's just loved it. Did cross country, baseball, you name it. Brock Chilton on the return as the second half gets in the way out to the 32-yard line. I was angry like that, Hank, because the Bears were bad even then. So <laughs> They had their moments. Yeah. But he was always a diehard Cup fan. And by golly, uh, that don't change. You're a glutton for punishment up there with the Cubs oh. and the Bears. <laughs> well, this year hasn't been the Bears. Bad news Bears is what's happening. But yeah. Cubs went further than we thought they could. Well, uh, Merle is a legend. He's called every Vipers game. <laughs> 
in the history of the program, I guess, except one. Except one, yeah. Uh, except one. Yeah. The near side, incomplete second down and ten. Yeah, I and like he, to give Coach Sanders a hard time. I've got a better winning percentage than him. Because <laughs> the only time Merle wasn't there, yeah. they lost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was well, against Westlake. Oh. Not only uh, she, she watches the basketball broadcast on Vibe, she watches the baseball broadcast. She'll watch the freshman and JV broadcast. So when I call the number one Viper fan in the state of Illinois, I'm sure... It's probably because it's me that started out, but I think she's actually become a Viper fan over the years. No, I really have. It is still because of him. It's a nice way to connect. But I love your team, your school, your philosophy, your announcers, and the camaraderie. I couldn't have had a better experience than being here, so thank you. Second down, 10 for 35 draw. i got one more question for you. Pass over the middle. Complete. Adam's in the ball game still, by the way. Complete the Brock Chilton out the 48-yard line for a first down. Now, we grew up in a small town in Illinois. It took three small towns to come together to make one high school. Right. That would be the equivalent of probably about a two-way school here in Texas. You got to see the campus as the Vipers take over first down 10 to the 48-yard line. And a swing pass here to the right side, complete the Chilton again to the 47. You got to see the campus yourself for the first time on Wednesday. What was your impression of Vandergrift High School? My gosh, I could not believe it. Just watching on the iPad isn't the same. This is humongous, as big as our <laughs> colleges there. But I will say our little small town high school, and Merle pointed it out, we had a pit in the gymnasium that is like no other hardly in the world. It was just incredible, and Merle still points it out. <laughs> Adam dancing around, trying to break three, but he can't. He's going to be back to the line of scrimmage dropped by David Godley. Well, Mom, I'm going to let you go. I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but I couldn't let the opportunity go. And uh, so good to see you down here finally after all this time. Hope you're having a good time and love you. I love it, too, and I love all of you, and thank you. Special guest, my mom. Oh, man, go. now we know where Merle learned it all. That <laughs> makes all comes, it all makes sense now. Third down and ten and moving at the line. The Vipers uh, delay of game. Well, it is the starters. Here is the Vipers get the ball in the second half, Murrow, and offensive line is continuing to dictate the flow of the game. You win the line of scrimmage, you win the game. That's the way it works in yeah. football. Yeah, it looks like we've got a, a timeout of the field. Yeah, back in the early days of the old KMAC sports, we actually had a division for about two weeks called KMAC Talk. And I got started doing a movie show on KMAC Talk. Today you would call it a podcast, but uh, we didn't call it a podcast back then. Mom came down with my nephews and my sister and her husband. They're all grown with their own kids now. She never got to be on the show, so I'm glad oh, she finally wow. got, finally oh, got oh, to be wow. on the broadcast. It only took about 20 years. <laughs> I mean, we uh, we dropped a surprise on her, and she stepped into that like That's uh, right. She knew she was doing. I mean, either she's been listening to you, or you maybe you just learned it all from her. Maybe that's that what could they, be. Yeah. Well, my wife was watching our video broadcast. She said she's doing so well. She's a natural. That's awesome. So, thank you, Christina. Now, I'm Scott Schaffer. I'm a little nervous because Matt came in and did uh-huh. a great job two weeks ago. That's right. Scott's not here again. My mom came in. So mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, Schaffer. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. The, the Vandergrift Vipers football team's got a deep bench, but apparently the broadcast team has also <laughs> got right. a deep bench. 10:28 to go, third quarter after the timeout. Vipers up 41 to nothing. Starters on the field, as Hank mentioned, they'll probably play this series just to keep that routine. That's all what it's all about, starting the halftime routine, and then we'll start to probably go deep into the uh, 
into the roster. Trips wide left on a first third down and 10 from the Vipers 48 yard line going left to right. Empty back set now for Adams. He's going to step up. He's going to scramble really for the first time tonight. And an awkward slide to the 43-yard line. I should say that he has run the ball a little bit tonight. That was the first sort of honest to get the scramble because the pocket broke down. Yeah, it may have been a bit, a bit of a design run. He pulled it pretty quick, and we don't see him do that very often. Looks like we're going to see the refrigerator package again. Yeah, going for it here on a fourth and one. Jackson Barr is in the game, so that means left guard Jacob Henry will move into the backfield. They line up in the line and then break the huddle. Adams up under center. Two backs in the backfield. Now Adams will split out wide left. And they're going to go wildcat here to Zayn Oliver behind two big running backs. High snap. Oliver feels it. And he's going to have first down and more inside the 40. And it'll be a first and ten Vipers. What a big human beings colliding on that play. Rylan Wisden, the center. Number 63. Living the dream. He was uh, part of the homecoming court. Right. Had to come out of the locker room. Go on to the field at halftime. First down, 10 at the 39-yard line. Two receivers wide left, one of the near side. Puts the formation. They're going to give the handoff to Oliver. He's going to take it right side and get down to the 35. Going to bring it to second and six. I love that, Hank, because when you think of football players being named to the homecoming court, it's usually the quarterback or the running back. Not a hog molly on your homecoming I mean, court. That you got to be in heaven, too. That sort of brings a tear to my eye <laughs> that we got a hog molly on the homecoming court. I mean, that's unprecedented. Second to six from the 35-yard line. Trips wide left. Adams rolling left, and a flag will blow. I think the Vipers may have jumped a little bit. A little ragged. You don't like yeah, to see this. Yeah, Coach Sanders talked about this at halftime. You know, and I... I really think uh, I was really interested to listen to the broadcast last week. You know, Matt Sanders did a great job, as we've said, and talking about how difficult it is in these kind of games to come out and maintain that level of competitive intensity. You know, the coaches are still doing their thing and yelling them up, but you know, it's just it's it can be difficult. But what you want to do is you just want to stay focused and you know eliminate that kind of thing right there. Right. A, a penalty, a legal procedure. Don't want to see that. The second down and eleven now from the forty-one yard line. Two receivers left. And play action. And that ball batted down to the line of scrimmage. Nice play there by Damian Godley, the junior. Just swapped that one away. He's going to set up a third and 11. Jay Skoglund looked like he was playing offensive tackle that time, blocking him and nullified the upfield move by the defensive end, but did a good job getting his paws up there in the throwing lane. So third down and 11. Vipers would probably go for it on fourth down if necessary. Would like to pick it up right here. Third and 11 from the Mainer 40 yard line. Standing in all black, going left to right. Adams dropping back, looking. Good protection this time. All day to throw. Now he's going to step up, roll to the right side. Pump fake and steps out of bounds at the 37. Now to go for about a three yard pickup, brings up a fourth and seven. Well, I tell you, Deuce looks like sometimes he's got eyes in the back of his head. You know, he right. feels the pressure there. The pocket kind of collapsed. From the backside, he just works his way up into the into the pocket and picks up a couple of yards. But he has just got great footwork, unbelievable vision. 
And he's got five touchdown passes in one half of football. I don't know if we've ever had that happen. In a I, that's a good question. I think that brings him up to 14 on the season with no interceptions. Adds in the shotgun. Play clock down to one, and the Vipers are going to call a timeout. Looks like they tried to draw him off sides with a hard count there. Right. Got a couple of guys to flinch, but did not successfully draw him off sides. So 8 14. Left in third quarter. First possession of the second half. The Vipers a little bit a little bit flat. Yeah, just a little bit. It is it's so hard to keep up that intensity. Mm-hmm. District standings coming in or not, obviously just one district game in the books. But the Vipers were tied with these Mustangs and Round Rock at one and oh. Round Rock is one and three overall, but they made the one win count by defeating Westwood last uh, game out twenty seven or twenty four, so the Vipers made her in Round Rock at 1-0. McNeil over Vista Ridge last night. So they're 1-1. Vista Ridge is 1-1. And then Westwood, Cedar Ridge, and Stony Point are 0-1. The early standings here in district play. Top four teams advance. It's going to be interesting this year to see how things shake out. We've got three games in Dragon Stadium in a scheduling anomaly. 8.14 to go, third quarter. Fourth and eight. What is Coach Mauser going to dial up here? Two receivers wide to the left. Dropping back, looking, firing over the center of the field. Caught to Adams again. To the 15, to the outside of the 10. Spins and breaks the tackle to the five and into the end zone, Eli Adams. That's a 38-yard touchdown pass, brother to brother. Perfect delivery, great route. Again, that's a late developing route. That's a one or two move post, which is about a 15-yard route. So that's not a pass that you can run with a a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Eli had all day to throw it again. A great job up front. Delivers a ball that would have knocked him out if he hadn't caught it. Touchdown, Vipers. Kept bouncing off the people. Uh Uh-huh. Nifty footwork. So who is this for the extra points from the whole lot of, of estimation? Good snap and hold. Oh, it's Wiley Olsen again. Okay, 39. So the extra point is good. 8.02 to go third quarter. Vipers expand their lead to 48 to nothing. We'll take a break and be right back. You're listening to Vanny Goodbye Football on the Horn. Hey, it's Eric Rains. If you're an RV owner, well, you know that it sometimes feels like the entire outdoor world is ready to shred, scrape, and dent your ride. You're having a blast with the family out on the open road, and then wham! Something bumps, thumps, or scrapes your RV, and it's repair time. That's why your RV needs the attention and care of Shoreline Boat and RV. And Shoreline can come to you with their mobile repair van. Get your RV back to perfect. Shoreline Boat and RV Repair. 512-251-1200. Or ShorelineBoatandRV.com. Proving it again by rolling back interest rates to 0%. But you need to hurry. Now through Sunday only, you can make any purchase and spread your payments over five years with an unheard of interest rate of 0.0%. A $6,000 ring is just 100 bucks a month. But hurry. This radical offer ends Sunday at 5 p.m. Don't miss this once-a-year blockbuster deal. Hurry. Five years, zero interest financing. Get details and more at DiamondsDirect.com. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Improved credit. to go, third quarter. The Viper Band playing the nasty song below. 
Vipers are playing like a nasty bunch of football players tonight. Look at the drunk squad on the sidelines. The kickoff. Is your mom aware that this is your favorite song? I don't know. Yeah. To the 15, to the 20, and breaking free, reversing field, back to the 15. Flag comes down, still on his feet, going to be knocked down to 22. Another flag comes down, Elijah Prosser, good effort, but a lot of it's coming back. What's it called, Hank? It's called no metal, metal shock. shock. Metal shock. But I just called it a nasty song. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of Vipers down on special teams. There's number 45, Carter Fogic. He's a senior defensive back. Did a great job getting there first. Kind of hang on for dear life. Allows the cavalry to show up and put the finishing touches on. The kick, between the kick, uh, the kick coverage unit has had a lot of repetitions tonight. Yep. And they did a much better job covering that kick. Even with, uh, even with Prosser reversing field two or three times, they stayed in the lanes and, and maintained contained. And with the penalty, the Mustangs are going to start this drive all the way back at their own 10-yard line. So first and 10 made it from their own 10. 7.51 to go here in this third quarter. All banded at 48-0. Mustangs in all white with the red numerals and black trim, white helmets. And hand off right side. Mm. Oh, another big stick. Mm. Who was that masked man that put know. down that tightest cutaway? Is that 22? That'd be Aiden Jones. Oh, no, you're right. 22 is uh, Aiden Jones, yeah. yeah. It looks like he's still playing football out there. Gain of three, second and seven. Popping back, hand off. Nope, quarterback keeps himself rolling to his right. Looking fine over the right side, and jumbled it incomplete. Great job over there on the far side to make sure that ball wasn't complete. That was, uh, I think, Eric Bauman on the cover. He's going to bring up a third down at seven. I don't know. They, I'm not sure if we, I don't, I don't track it up here, but I'm not sure if the coaches track it. But, you know, quarterback pressures or quarterback hurries. The hurries, yeah. yeah. Cruz Carrasquillo is, the Cruz missile is, Always a menace to the quarterback of the opposing team. Unlike Adam Zardovet does not have much time to get rid of the football. Quick release that time. Intercepted at the 21-yard line. Tipped up in the air, and he just made a big play a moment ago. Alec Bauman with the tip drill interception, and the Vipers are in business at the 21. Is that 22 Aiden Jones on the interception? Was it him or was it Bauman? I'm not sure. Can't tell the 22 or 32. We need a replay. Yes, we do. I haven't seen any replays on the Jumbotron today. Maybe we're having some technical difficulties over there. We're not the only ones. I'll try to watch our stream here. It's about a minute behind if I can. Piper offense comes out of the field. First down and 10 from the Mustang 20-yard line. Up 48 to nothing. You got your best starting field position of the evening and the first turnover of the game. You're right, Hank. It was 22. It was Aiden Jones on the reception. And straight ahead, handoff by 48 down to the 18-yard line. It'll be second down and eight. Get your backup quarterback, Drew Messermaker, also known as the Swiss Army Knife. Taking over the quarterback duties. Got number 51, Jet Smith, a senior offensive lineman in the game. 
You know, it's amazing, Hank. 48 to nothing, halfway through the third quarter, and the interception by Aiden Jones is the first turnover of the night. That's, it is unbelievable. Jackson Barr's in there. George Farley split wide left. That's the maker in the shotgun. Second down and eight. Handoff right side. Looking for a running room at 48. He's not going to fly much. The main defense still playing hard. They may have forced them back a yard or so. Going to bring up a third down and nine. Number 76, Jadrian Smith, the junior offensive lineman, is in at left tackle. You got 51, Jet Smith at left guard. Wisdom still your center, Merle. On the right side over there, you've got number 70. That is Austin Lewis, a junior offensive lineman. And then Sam Perry is sliding down to right guard. Usual suspects in at receiver. Bryce Altrudo having a really good year. Senior tight end. Jack Rudberg here on the right side. Third down and nine. Messamaker dropping back. Rolling left. Firing left side. Incomplete. Boy. George Farley had a step. The ball got there just a little bit quick. It's going to bring up a fourth down. And it looks like the field goal unit is going to come on here to try to tack out another three points. And we were talking about halftime about how many times in football it's a next man up situation. Right. George Farley came in that first game and deputized for Miles Coleman when he was out. Had a really, really nice game. So we'll get to see Mr. Farley next year. He's coming back. He's only a junior. Well, it's going to be a 36-yarder for Wiley Olsen, the sophomore. Called up from the JV squad. Out of the hole, the estimator from the near hash. Good snap and hole kick is up. It's high, and it is true. So the Vipers have cracked the half century mark with 5.24 to go third quarter. They lead it now 51 to nothing. We'll take a break. we back for the kickoff. You're listening to Brandon Vipers football on the horn. Folks watching on video, a view of the big, beautiful full moon over Monroe Memorial Stadium. There's a kickoff coming from the 40-yard line. And that one might angle. That's a live football and fielded at the 19 and stepped out of bounds at the 21-yard line. Number 25, Luke Miller, one of the frequent contributors to our special teams unit. I mentioned I had Charlie Forney on the SU Football Weekly Show on Monday night. I don't think any Viper kicker has ever kicked that particular kick better than he did. That pooch kick? That little pooch kick that dies like a nine iron with the backspin. Vipers have got, historically, an abundance of really good kickers. Yeah. When you got a state powerhouse soccer team, I guess that only makes sense. First down and 10 from the 21-yard line. Hand off left side, trying to get the corner turned, and going to cut it back up to the 25, the 26, 27-yard 20, line. Gator about six yards on the play, second down and four for Titus Petaway. Great job right there by Jack Hurricane Merle. He did a great job with his outside leverage there, making the right step, forcing the running back to go inside, very disciplined. Once again, we know these Vipers are famous for that, but that could have been a much bigger game. Great job, number 16. Second down and four. Rolling right, looking, pump fake. Still with the football, nowhere to go. Now he's going to die for it and get what he can get off the 29-yard line. Good decision by Jason Zardovitz to not force anything. Sets his team up for a manageable third down or short. Number 73 is senior defensive lineman Scotty Frazier in hot pursuit right there. 
special teams extraordinaire Dylan Linehan, the senior linebackers in at one of your linebacker spots now. Started that's in the shotgun with trips to the near side, one receiver wide right. Third down and two. Clock rolling 4.09 to go third quarter. All Vandergut, 51 to nothing. High snap handoff up the middle and going to go nowhere. Maybe fell forward for a yard. But I, Adam Scott, Adam number, Scott 42, yeah. number 42. The aforementioned Scotty, Scotty Frazier. Frazier. Yeah. Fourth and two. Making the most of his opportunity. Porter, Porter Udy, number nine, he's playing left defensive end. He's had some quality repetitions yes, he this, has. this year. Well, somebody new back to receive the punt. This is junior wide receiver George Farley. He's heard you talking about how Miles Coleman's the only guy who's in the leaderboard for punt return. So, young Mr. Farley might be thinking about it tonight here. Yes. Snap drop. Pretty good punt, all things considered. Farley drifting to his right, feels it to 34, up to the 35, and the 40. To the 45, and Russell out of bounds to the 47-yard line. Nice return by Farley. Russell to the turf by Amari and Douglas. Well, I'll tell you, great job right there. And number four, Bryson Carter, working hard for his teammate. Blocking on the punt return unit. He's a guy we don't call his name very often, which right. as a cornerback, that's actually a, a badge of honor. If you're not, your name's not being called very often, that means they're not throwing your way. Right. Uh, but he did a really nice job there blocking on special teams. All right, here we go. Got some new faces in there and see what this Piper's offensive unit can do. A good field position at the 47-yard line. Pump fake pass to the right side, complete to the 49-yard line. That was Jordan Oliver hauling it in. Second down and eight. Looks like it's that same group on the offensive line. Austin Lewis is in at right tackle. Jackson Barr is at right guard. Homecoming court, homecoming king nominee, Riley Risen still in there at center. Don't forget the email still open, voiceofthevipers at gmail.com. We might need some help in the fourth quarter, up 51 to nothing. So give us a shout out. Let us know where you're tuning the broadcast from. And off up the middle, and not much running room there. It's going to be a loss of two yards, in fact. Going to be putting up a third down and 10 from the 47. All right. So the coaches are going to challenge this unit and try to put something together here. would like to get a first down. Take some pressure off the defense. Preserve the shutout. So you got George Farley. In at receiver, Brock Chilton in a receiver, and both those guys have given some quality reps. And you got right. Jordan Oliver, who's had some injury difficulties. He's in the game. He's had quality reps last year. Third down and 10 from the 47-yard line. Dropping back, Mestermaker looking past, come in and out of the hands. George Farley was open near the first down marker. They have spun to try to break away from the defense before he looks it in and the Viper offense will have to punt it away. Well, that's the second consecutive three and out. We did get a field goal in the last possession, but did manage to get a first down after 
Temple leading Weiss 18-14 late in the second half. Bit of an upset alert from North Austin area and the Pflugerville area. First punt of the night for the Vipers. So lands at the 25, rolls to the 20. And I believe that was Noah called there. No, that was nine. That was Mustamaker, the punter. Yeah. And he puts it inside the 20 all the way down to about the 11-yard line. Great job by him. Mustamaker's playing in his 11th different position tonight. Yeah. <laughs> 120 to go, third quarter. Vipers up 51 to nothing. Vipers making a lot of noise, Merle, in Central Texas right now in terms of offensive production. Yep. Winning by some big margins. This is the biggest one yet. The first and ten Mustang going from right to left in their own ten. 120 to go third quarter. 51 nothing Vipers. Rolling right. Looking downfield. And just kind of chunks that one over to the sideline. And hot pursuit was poor the Udy. Chasing down Jason Zarnabetz. Second and ten. Nice hustle right there by number 90, Porter Udy. He's in the right defensive end position, Merlin. Your quarterback scrambling all the way across the field to that opposite opposite side, and your defensive end runs him down and makes him get rid of the football. Good job, Porter Udy. So second down and 10, stop the clock with 109 to go. Viper bench. Trying to exhort their teammates to preserve this shutout. Dropping back. Zardavets hit as he throws and fires up the near side. And that ball is well overthrown. Stride for stride was the interception man, Aiden Jones. In great coverage. Third down and ten coming up. Aiden Jones. Getting some encouragement from Coach Sanders there. Coaching points. One thing I love about this coaching staff, they never stop coaching. No. You see them get more animated in situations like this because they're really trying to work with some of the younger players, get them ready for their date with destiny. Dropping back. Zardovich rolling to his left. Throws it off his back foot, a dangerous pass, and it is incomplete. Nearest man to it was Peyton Guyton. But stride for stride with him was Alec Bauman. And the punting unit will come on here for the Mustangs with under a minute to go third quarter. Another three and out. So you see tendencies with some players, Merle. It looks like the senior quarterback from Mayor, Jason Zadovets, he seems to, he has a default escape route, is, which is left, which uh, you know, may have something to do with pressure coming from the, his right side, the defensive end. But, you know, right-handed quarterback moving to his left is always going to be at a disadvantage. You cut the field in half and you don't have the ability to make those throws. That ball hung up there like a punch almost. Uh-huh. As Ronzel Woods set the punt away, he's standing on his own goal line. Good snap back. And a low line drive kick. Takes a high bounce. Picked up there. And dropped immediately, but Nice job by George Farley to go get that one because it saved about 10, 10 uh, yards on the roll. That's going to bring up a first down and 10. Yeah, good football IQ play there by number six, George Farley, because he 
got into position to feel that punt, but was far enough away from it where if it took an odd bounce. I wouldn't get to hit him. Yeah, wouldn't yeah. get to hit him and kind of bounce set up right right in front of him. And Nice aggressive football play by number six, George Farley. Liberty Hill all over uh, Cedar Creek, 52 to 14, start of the fourth quarter. A&M consolidated 21 to 16 for Cedar Park early in the fourth quarter. Shows how much better Cedar Park is. That was about a 40-point game the wrong way last year for Cedar Park. So they're right in that one. First and 10 here for the Vipers at the 46-yard line. Dropping back, must have made the pass to the right side and complete to the 41-yard line. That's going to be about a four-yard pickup. Senior Bridge Walker. Yeah, number 37, senior tight end Bridge Walker. You got number 14 in the game, Kent Sullivan. He's a junior running back. Need to go get a first down here. Yep. 17 to 14, Bowie over Austin High, started the second half. Austin High looking for their first district win. Bowie trying to stay in the playoff chase. Second down and five from the 42 yard line. Two receivers left. Final play here of the quarter, barring an injury. And the Vipers flinch on the line. I think it's an illegal shift. Yeah. Stop the clock with 8.6 seconds left in the third quarter. Vipers managed to put up 10 points in this third quarter, so that's a good, that's a positive sign. That's true, yeah. I think the third quarter may be our lowest scoring quarter <laughs> out of the out of the four. If you add up scoring by quarter this year, and the clock has reached zero at the end of the third quarter, your score 51 to nothing. Vipers on top with 36 minutes in the books. We'll take a break. Be back for the fourth and final quarter of homecoming night. You're listening to Vanderbilt Vipers football on the horn. Welcome back to the Monroe Memorial Stadium. Monroe Bertrand and Hudson here. Brock Bollinger down at the sidelines. Cole Dixon back at the comfy, cozy Horn Studios. Christina Weber keeping an eye on our video broadcast to make sure that we're staying on the air and looking and sounding as good. First down 10 Viper. The second down 10 Vipers at the 46-yard line. And the handoff right side. Reversing field. I think this is Sullivan down to the 40-yard line. Keeping our stat person, Lene Hudson, very busy. Bringing in all these other guys off the bench. Nice looking run by number 14, Kent Sullivan. Nice job on the right side of that offensive line. Bryce Altrudo getting a good block there. Third down to five. I guess I should say Christina Weber Bertrand, or I'm going to hear about it when I get home. Number 70, Austin Lewis got a really nice block on that last play for a five yard gain. Third and five from the 41 yard line. Mestermaker in the shotgun with two receivers left side. Dropping back, looking, looking, firing right side, laying out and almost hauling it in off the fingertips of Jordan Oliver. And a ball's incomplete, sets up a fourth down and five. Well, here we go. Fourth down and five. You're on 41-yard line. You run a play or do you quick kick it? I think they keep the offense on the field and challenge the defense if they don't pick it up. Or try to get him to jump all sides. Yes, indeed. It looks like he's going to quick kick. That's the maker drops back, and we'll do just that. The short high pooch kick. Lands at the five, takes a sideways bounce, and the Vipers are going to let it roll down to the two-yard line and kill it right there. Perfectly executed. 
by Drew Mestemaker. Maynard 98 yards away from the first score of the night. I mean, is there a football equivalent to hitting for the cycle, Merle? Yeah. In terms of uh, all of the different things that Mestemaker has done today? Yeah. I mean, he's got a couple of tackles. He's got a punt. He's got a completed pass. Really, what a, I mean, what a handy player. What a great attitude. You know, you talked about it last week, and, you know, he's been in the program since he's in third grade, I think. And then right. And uh, second-string quarterback last year, and looking for any way to contribute it and doing a great job at every spot he's played. And off left side, out across the five, out to the six-yard line, as Titus Petaway. You know he wants a touchdown pass, though. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm, you know, I think the, the smart odds are he's going to get one here before the end of the year. Right. Got a couple of new faces on defense. Second and six from the six. Darnavetz in the shotgun. They're staying with their starters. They want to get some points on the board. No team likes to get shut out. They move back to the pistol. Handoff. Pettis makes a couple guys miss, and his best run of the night out to the 15, maybe the 16-yard line before he's buried by a host of Vipers. Eight guys. Yeah, Dylan Linehan, one of the first to get there, but there were a lot more. Eight black jerseys there around the football. Gang tackling, everybody running the football. That's a cultural phenomenon right there. That's, That's something right. that is uh, not by accident. The Vipers uh, always played that way, and it is uh, amazing to watch. It's really too bad that Cedar Park coined the phrase black rain defense, because that would fit these guys perfectly. First down 10 from the 15-yard line. Pettis reversing field. And gets out across the 20, and again, a bunch of vipers there to knock him out of bounds, but now before an eight-yard pickup. Number 60, Adrian Macklett is in at left defensive end. Hubert de Lavar Vasquez, another JV player brought up for this game, involved in that tackle. Second down and three from the 22-yard line. He's got an older brother. Yes, he does. <laughs> One of the injured vipers. So they brought him up to be the backup kicker and also defensive end. Second down and three to go from the 23-yard line. Pump fake. Left side going for it the far sideline. That ball is, that's going to be a pass interference. There it is. Tried to time his leap, but got there just a half a beat early. And that'll bring a 15-yard penalty and a first down for the Maine Mustangs. Well, as a defensive back in that situation, you don't want to let a receiver to break downfield and catch the football. Right. Got to do what you can to shut it down there, prevent a big play, preserve your shutout. Number 56 in the game also, Noah Reitman, linebacker. We've called his name a few times. He's also a special teams contributor. Number 32 is in the defensive backfield. That's Alec Bauman. The ball will be spotted at the Mustang 38-yard line on the near hash, moving from left to right. Wind is wicked up a little bit. Kind of a crosswind from the far side of the stadium to the near side. Pass swung out, left flat, complete. Cutting to the outside of the 40. And wrestled out of bounds at the 42-yard line. Good open field tackle by Dylan Linehan. Very nice open field tackle. 
Managed to hang on and last him out of bounds. Other linebacker involved in the play is number 19, it's Connor Stevens, a senior linebacker. Low second down and six from the 42. Mustangs with a nice drive here, started on their own two, straight ahead handoff. Out across the 45, into Viper territory, spins down to the Viper 47-yard line, just Titus Petaway. Oh, he's still on his feet. feet. Yes. Somehow rolled off the pile and got down to the 32-yard line. Kind of a freakish effort there. Well, Lane is still playing football. That's good to see. See if this defensive unit can bend but not break. This is the most yards that Mainers gained in any sequence so far this game. Oh, great job there in the open field. Somehow managed to score out of there and get a few yards. Nice effort by Bryson Carter, but you see why Titus Petaway is a thousand yard rusher. Big and strong and fought through that tackle attempt to pick up about four yards. And Bryson did the job and got him out of bounds. Yeah. So sometimes it's really a lonely position to play that cornerback <laughs> spot when you got a big guy running, running out trying to run you over. But Bryson did a great job there. He's having a great season. Second down, six swing pass to the right side, and that one incomplete. Dangerously close to a lateral. They tried to swing it out to Peyton Guyton. That'll bring up a third down and six. Cornerbacks should be anonymous, and we certainly say that about Bryson Carter. He's having a really good season. And the 43, Luke Buchler, a senior defensive back, is checking into the game. Third down to six. Viper's best chance to stop this drive here in these next two plays. Petaway lined up in the pistol. They give it to him in the handoff. Left side. He's met in the backfield. And it's going to be dropped for a loss. First one to get to him was Noah Rhett Brightman, the senior linebacker. Great job getting the penetration. Sets up a fourth down, Hank. Big time play right there by Noah Reitman. Not only did he get there, Merle, he managed to hang on. Bring down their big star player, Titus Pettyway. Well, here you go. Here's the only drama left in the night with 7.09 to go, and the Vipers up 51-0. Can Maynard pick up the first down and extend this drive? Fourth and seven from the 32-yard line. Dardavet's in the shotgun with Petaway to his left, dropping back. Pressure coming. Pocket breaks down. Rolls to his right. Fires over the right side. That ball is incomplete, out of bounds. And the Viper defense will bend but not break, as Hank predicted. And Vandegrift gets it back with 6.47 to go with the shutout still intact. Good job in covers there. It's number 46, Zane Hale, a senior defensive back. And coming over the top at safety, number 25, Luke Miller. So a great job by that you know, backup unit of defenders. I don't think we had one starter out there. Right. Against their first string unit and managed to get a turnover on down. So that's a, a big-time win for that Vipers D. A lot of players getting some uh, opportunities to play. A lot of big plays there. Noah Reitman made a big play. Porter Udy was in that, involved in that scrum. Still time to get an email in. Voice of the Vipers. All one word plural. Voice of the Vipers at gmail.com. First and ten Vipers take over from their own 31-yard line. New quarterback in, I believe. This is Andrew Bouillette, the senior. 
usually comes in to take an ease. We'll actually get to play quarterback for this series. A little snap pass underneath. Trying to turn the corner. Gets the corner turned out to the 35. And to the 38-yard line. The Scott Schaffner will be sure to tell you, Hank Hudson, that counts as a pass. Oh, yes. To Xavier Camacho. He's corrected me numerous times on that. Got big number 94, Hunter Bice, the senior tied in in the game. Get a nice block on that play. Second down and three, seven-yard pickup. Number 30, Logan Weinheimer, a senior receiver, is in the game. Split out to the right side. These are the moments these guys work for all practice long to get into the ball game here. One receiver wide right, one of the near side for Andrew Briette. And a flag comes in. Play clock down to zero. Well, Merle, I guess the universe is in perfect alignment. The Vipers are winning 51-0, to zero, and we had an offensive lineman, a hog molly, on the homecoming court. I yeah. just don't know how it can get any better than this. <laughs> better buy a lottery ticket. Second down and eight. One receiver right, one to the near side. Bruyette put the hand off up the middle and swallow it up after... I don't think there's any gain in the play. On the carry for the Vipers was Ryan Shields, another senior, getting some playing time. Good job that time by your right tackle, number 68, Charlie Mudluff, the senior. Getting in there and getting physical. You've got to be in a bad mood a lot of the time if you're an offensive lineman at this level of football. Yeah. Third down and a long eight from the 32-yard line. Bouillette letting that play clock go down before getting the snap off. Two receivers to the right, one to the near side. Sends the receiver in motion. Shuttle pass underneath again, a whistle blow. Tate Geller, number 82. Is looking for some space. Running right to left there. Procedure the call on the Vipers. That'll bring up a third and 13 now from the 27-yard line. Clock inside of five minutes to go. Vipers in command, 51-0. One receiver to the right, two to the near side. Bouillet, shuttle pass underneath the gate. Trying to get the corner turned right side. And going to be dropped for a loss back at the 23-yard line. They were waiting for Tate Geller, the senior there. And then that jet sweep. Edgar Robinson, the junior defensive end on the stop, and the punting unit will come on here. On a fourth down and about 18 to go. It's number 79, Joe Geraci, the deep snapper here. And it seems like we always have a good deep snapper. Yeah. Where are they growing these guys? Look at that. <laughs> Great snap back. Mestamaker with a high booming punt. Takes a viper roll inside the 40, down to the 35, down to the 32-yard line. Guess who downed it? The center, the snapper. Oh, wow. 79, Judge Racy. Great job. What a hustle. 38-yard punt, no return. And Maynard will have one more crack out of here with 3.48 to go. That's a guy who takes his job seriously right there. That's right. Final out in Pantherland, Liberty Hill 59, Cedar Creek 14. That Liberty Hill Club very banged up, but they had more than enough to dispatch the Eagles tonight. 
Carter Fojic, number 45 in, and one of your defensive back spots. You go, De Lavara Vasquez, in at right defensive end. Number 60, Adrian Macklett, in left defensive end, and it looks like Scotty Frazier's playing in the middle. That big D line. And off up the middle, and nope, the quarterback's going to keep it himself. Out to the 40 and out about the 42-yard line. I bought him the play, but uh, Darnabed took it around the left side to pick up 10 yards and a first down. It might be their biggest offensive play of the game. Yeah. What do they eat at the Delavara Vasquez house? I mean, <laughs> no. if you go in Diego, they both started out as kickers, and they wound no. up being some of the hardest hitters on the team. Yeah, we had Hugo in a Pop Warner team, and... I don't think he'd ever seen an American football game when they moved here. Look at him now. Add off left side, new running back in, and knocked out of bounds to the 49-yard line for a 7-yard pickup. Number four is L.J. Carter, a senior, getting some playing time. He'll pick up six yards, second down and four. Clock rolling, 3.20 to go in the ball game. 51-0 Vipers. At 40 at the half and never looked back. Number 62, Judson Shotman. Senior linebackers in the game. Trips to the near side, handoff right side, trying to get the corner turned, and does have the first down to the 45-yard line, does L.J. Carter. Great job right there, number 43, Luke Buchler, senior defensive back. Scrape and swarm, defender set the edge, and then chase him running back down from behind. First down or 10 from the 45-yard line of the Vipers. 2.45 to go in this one. Receiver left to the near side. High snap. Hand, no play action. Pass one out to the left side. And overshot his intended receiver. Trying to get it out to Basil Jackson. That'll stop the clock with 2.37 to go. Second down and 10. Number 44, Diego Segura is in, in the ball game. And we're getting a good look at number 64, Noah Lyles, a senior linebacker. So a lot of Vipers getting some action tonight, and the shutdown is the shutout is still on. Pass over the center of the field, incomplete. Receiver kind of broke off the route, and it was thrown a little bit high. Bad combination for the Mustang sets up a third and ten. Well, there was no window to throw in there, but nope. you got but you got number 38, Dylan Castro, underneath, and over the top you got number 23, Will Lyons, a senior defensive back. So. Third down, you get a, get off the field here. I think you're going to get a shutout. Yep, I agree. 2.31 to go. Third down and 10. Two receivers to the right, one to the near side. Zardavets. Hand off up the middle. Breaks one tackle. Can't get by the second group. Pushes it down to the 39-yard line. A hard-earned six yards there for L.J. Carter. A host of Vipers in on the stop. I see Jacob. No, it wasn't Jacob Henry getting out. I'm 60, not 50. Adrian Mockled. Fourth and four. Fourth and four. All right. Vipers D. Sidelines pumping him up. Big play right here. Preserve your shutout. Fourth down and four from the Viper 39. Play action. Looking left. Now rolling right. Pocket breaking down. Scrambles. To the 35, will get the first down and more down to the 30-yard line. Good coverage down the field. 
But a nice job by Zardovets recognizing he had some green turf in front of him, and he'll pick up the first down and keep the drive alive. Tackle made by number 53, Aiden Romero, senior linebacker. Clock is rolling. They have two timeouts remaining should they choose to use them. 125 to go. Maynard just trying to get a score on the board. Two receivers left, one to the near side. High snap. Pass swung out, left flat, complete to the 30, to the outside, and steps out of bounds at the 25-yard line. Pick up a five yards on the play, hauled in by Ernest Lockett, the senior wide receiver. Number 23, Will Lyons, playing the corner over there, did a nice job fighting off the defender. That could have gone for a much bigger gain. Right. Second of five from the 25. One receiver left, two to the near side. Time for the second turnover. I agree. Dropping back. Looking. Zardovitz in trouble. Rolling to his right. Fires it towards the goal line. Jump ball in the end zone. Incomplete. Double coverage. Nice job of the Vipers closing quickly. Great play. Carter Fogic, number 45. Also number 43, Luke Buechler. In on the coverage there. Sucked up a third and five. And tar- intended target for the Mustangs. Waiting for him to turn around so I can see who they were throwing it to. Looks like Cam Lewis, the senior wide receiver. Third and five from the 25. Going to keep it himself. Left side. And bang, got a bounds at the 20 yard. I know he stayed inbounds. See if he has it up for the first time. We're inside of a minute to go. Clock is still rolling here. They're going to move the chains, I believe. First and 10. The Vipers catch a bit of a break because they should have stopped the clock to move the chains. 38 seconds to go. Zardabets dropping back, looking left, firing left side. Got a receiver open, batted away, incomplete. No touchdown. Great coverage. I don't know how that ball got through. With him stride for stride was Dylan Castro, but somehow the receiver hung out of the football. It's a really good catch. It was a great catch. Castro was there over the top. Number 23, Will Wines, was also there. And I know that's not going to sit well with Coach Sanders. He, what, you, what you love about that is he kept that unit out there yep. and let him battle, trusted him, made some good plays. But you miss your shutout. And a flag comes in here on the conversion attempt. 28.1 seconds away from recording the shutout. Twelve men of the huddle on meters, so we'll back it up five yards and try the extra point. Javon Pierre-Paul, the junior, is the holder. Well, the Maynard kicker is the loneliest guy on the in the stadium right now because right. he hasn't had any, any. Oh, fumble snap! At the loose football picked up, running around, and will pay the price all the way back at the 37 yard line. Look at the Viper digging for the ten football. Viper defenders yep. converging on that play. Number 43 right there, Luke Buechler did a great job. Let him get away initially, and then. Stayed with the play, Merle, and ended up making the tackle, along with about eight other guys. 
With 28 seconds left, let's take one more quick break. Be back to wrap this up. Better to five a football on the horn. Tom. 28.1 seconds left of this one, 51 to 64. Vipers on top. Norbert having hand cuts it here to close it out. We'll see if Vayner kicks it away, and they'll squib it along the ground. And falling out of there to 38. Well, that is where the Vipers will take over. That 24 at uh, Ben Emanuel. No, 14. Sorry, Ken Sullivan recovering that. Got an email, Scott, uh, Hank from Shannon Scott. Says, hey, long time, five years listener and huge fan. My kids aren't a bandy anymore. Uh, but my coach is the eye in the sky, so I listen in and I, so I can cheer on the community home team and know what's been going on. You all are the best. Thank you for all for what you do. Shannon Scott, Mama Ben Scott, former Viper punter and wife of Coach Westcott from Four Points Middle School. I mean, everybody knows Coach Scott. Yep, thank you, Shannon. He has been a, a big-time influence on a lot of people in this neighborhood. What a fantastic family. He's going to take it in here. We've got one more email from Michael Underwood. Says hello from the Underwood team. Merle, I'm home with a sick wife on the men. Hate to hear that. But you guys sound great. Love being sponsors. And tomorrow is our anniversary. Happy uh-huh. anniversary to the Underwoods. He says go Vipers. Talk about living the dream. There you go. The scoreboard is going to tick down. And the Vipers are 5 and 0. Oh. More importantly, Hank Hudson, 2-0 in district play. Weren't a lot of questions about this team coming in. Maybe some questions about the banged-up defense and all that kind of stuff. But, man, oh, man, 51-6, to your final score. I'll tell you what, it's uh, it's unbelievable to watch. I mean, you know, these these games you know, are getting out of hand, and, and it's, <laughs> you know, pretty early. Uh, and so, you know, the Vipers are going to have to continue to find some things to work on uh, I liked what I saw at the end of the second half there. Yeah. Uh, Coach Sanders stuck with the unit he had on the field. We saw a lot of aggressive play. Got a lot of guys get some repetitions. You know, we got 61 seniors on the ball club. So, you know, I think Coach Sanders is erring to, to the side of getting those guys some action versus maintaining a shutout. So, I agree. You know, like to see that. And I just, the sky seems to be the limit for this team in terms of, um, you know, district play. You got to stay focused, though. You got to you know, right. treat every game as a business trip. Uh, looking for a deep run into the playoffs. And you heard Matt Sanders say last week that this is a team that could make another deep playoff run and compete for a state championship. Because uh, I mean, you got all phases of the game: offensive line and defensive line are winning the line of scrimmage in a in a way that I haven't seen you know a Vipers do. I mean, just dominating up front on both sides of the ball, and that's a recipe for uh, absolute you know total domination. That's what we're seeing. 51-6. What can you say? Yeah, the scores just keep getting more and more lopsided. Hope they, they can keep that up. 51-6, the final score. Adam Consolidated had defeated Cedar Park tonight, 24-16. That, that final just came in here over the wire. So 51-6, the final score. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll hear we're done with the hallmarks, but we'll hear the first of the three questions that Coach Sanders challenges his young men about. And uh, Brock is down to the field trying to get into word with uh, Coach and get his thoughts. That's all coming up on the postgame show. 51-6, to the final score. Vipers with the big win here tonight in homecoming. You're listening to Vanderbilt Vipers football on the horn. Hey, Viper fans. Coach Sanders here with your Viper Minute. This is the time of the week where we unpack what we're about besides the X's and O's. And we've covered already our hallmarks of discipline effort, toughness, and honor. 
And now we get down to our three questions. I do want to give credit to where credit is due. Lou Holtz, former head coach of Notre Dame, came up with these, and I immediately stole them and acted like they're mine, okay? But they are great questions. Do you care about me? Are you committed to excellence, and can I trust you? Dave, let's just briefly touch on 30 seconds about are you committed to excellence. And that basically is if you can answer yes to these questions, it's a great start to becoming a great team. So let's use that question. Are you committed to excellence to a football player? Well, then if you're committed to excellence, if you say, if you say yes, then that means you would never ever miss lift because you would never miss an extra lift if you were committed to excellence. If you slack in practice, right, you wouldn't slack in practice. Why? Because you said you were committed to excellence. Um, in the classroom, you would always turn in your homework because if you didn't, you couldn't be committed to excellence. And so you can kind of see how that just lends itself to so many amazing things that aren't just football. Um, and so that's what we always start with. Are you committed? And every young man says, well, yes, I am. Well, then get ready because I'm going to hold you to that standard. And I think our listeners hopefully will take something from these three questions because I think it can apply to um, my son right now who's working at Dell. Um, he's working on an analyst table right now that I don't understand. He was trying to explain it to me, and it was over, over my head. You know, I'm a football coach. And, uh, but if he's committed to excellence, he's going to show up every day at Dell and do his best dang job he can do until he's not. And then next day, he's going to do it again. And so that's that concept. You can see how it would translate and lead to success in your life. And welcome back to Monroe Memorial Stadium. 51-6, to six, your final score. The Vanity Pipers with the win over the Maiden Mustangs. Just a few moments ago, Brock Bollinger caught up with head coach Drew Sanders down on the field. Let's hear what Coach had to say about yet another dominant Viper win. Coach, you said at halftime that you wanted your team to play like the game was 0-0. You think they did that in the second half? I did, yeah. It was one of our better performances coming out with the lead like that. Uh, you gave up the shutout with 28 seconds left. People are asking if you're starting to go soft. Any response? <laughs> you know, it was uh, – I thought our guys that were in there played really hard, and we we contested that throw, too. It just, you know, they were their starters, and, and some of our guys um, had – you know, they hadn't played as much, don't have as much experience. I thought we made them earn every single yard, so super proud of them. Uh, I know that you're excited about the win. Is there something you would like to say to the administration of Vandergriff High School about Carter and Ryland not winning the uh, homecoming? <laughs> you know, I think we're just outvoted every year. I think Van has a few more members, and we're not. Football is only 300 and Van's 400, so I think that's what's happening there. But um, maybe maybe demanding a recount might be in my future. Right, awesome. Thank you, Coach. All right. Great to meet you, Coach. 400 to 300, the band outnumbers the football team. That, uh, that's, that's quite a not statistic. I'm a math major, Hank, but that'll wow. win every time, I guess. Well, and I also know uh, from personal experience that uh, they start practice every morning earlier than the football team. That's true. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, I remember, you know uh, when my son was a freshman, sophomore, dropping him off, he come up here when it's dark. It's yeah. like 6 o'clock, 6.30. Bands are you out there working out, so... Well, a lot practice of practice on the concrete parking lot, uh-huh. so I'd, I'd be out there early too. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, there's a that's quite a stat there. You know, 400 to 300, and the uh, the band outnumbers the uh, outnumbers the football team at all. You know, in all grades, that's astounding. There's a lot of statistical anomalies and probably records that have happened tonight, Merle. Uh, you had 10 different Vipers that caught a pass, and wow. I don't I don't remember that ever happening. Um, Eli Adams caught five passes for 120 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Miles Coleman didn't get too much action in the sec- second half. Uh, you know, maybe you want to give him a little bit of a breather. Right. Uh, four catches for 67 yards and two touchdowns. He also had the 
special teams play of the game, a punt return touchdown for 68 yards. So he's still, you know, in, in the running to be the Central Texas uh, Player of the Year for the second consecutive year. Uh, uh, let's see here. Brendan Fournier caught one pass for uh, 10 yards, which is a touchdown strike from uh, Deuce Adams. So Deuce Adams, uh, by my tally, goes 16 completions on 19 attempts. 260 yards, six touchdown passes. Wow. And I think that might be a record. Certainly five touchdown passes in that first half has to be a record, but six overall, I don't remember that happening. Uh, Other guys that brought down some catches uh, tonight, you had number 37 with a catch. That is Bridge Walker, the tight end. He's a senior. Uh, Number 17, Brock Chilton caught two passes for 16 yards. Number 34, Xavier Camacho caught a pass for a seven-yard gains. Jordan Oliver caught a pass. Uh, also, Jay Scogan caught three passes for 47 yards. Uh, number 82, Tate Geller caught a pass. And and then on the fake field goal, that number 20, the man he's putting the special and special teams, Scott Buchanan, he caught a pass, did a, a fourth-down conversion on that fake field goal. Uh, Brock Mester, uh, Mestermaker, Drew Mestermaker played at, uh, at least 11 different positions tonight. <laughs> kind of lost count in, in terms of where he was contributing on the field. 61 seniors, uh, superlative performance across the board. I think at halftime, Maynard had two first downs. They started running up some offensive stats there late in the game, but a dominant performance, again, by your Vandegrift Vipers. Absolutely. 16 out of 19 for Adams, and I guess, I'm guessing, I know two of those were drops. All three of them might have been, but I know two yeah, of them were. I, I remember, that's right. So There was a couple of drops in there. Uh, on the rushing side, you know, things were going so well throwing the ball, we didn't run in as much, but we had, a, you know, about 90 yards of uh, total total rushing yards. Uh, got to see some guys in the second half carry the football. Uh, Kent Sullivan got a couple of carries. Also number 33, that's uh, Ryan Shields, got a couple of carries. Um, your leading rusher for the game is going to be probably Brennan Fournier. He had uh, nine carries for about 40 yards. Zade Oliver, another solid game. Didn't have to wear those two guys out too much. Uh, this is a statistically dominating performance by Vandergriff, and uh, only one turnover. So your your first you're, you had five possessions in the first half, Merle. You go five for five, right? On touchdowns. First two possessions of the second half. You get a field goal. Uh, you get a touchdown on the first one on a 38-yard strike from uh, Adams to Adams. Uh, second possession, you get a field goal. And then uh, three more possessions were uh, punts. But, you know, a lot of guys played. And, you know, I heard Brock ask that question about, you know, Coach Sanders going soft. Uh, I think he uh, I think he more erred to the side of uh, he's got 61 seniors on this football team who are contributing and working their tails off every day. And he wanted to give a chance to compete. And yep. uh, like he said, uh, they had to fight for every single one of those yards. And they contested that pass. Uh, we thought that it was going to be an incompletion, uh, you know, based on the defender's reaction to the ball. But uh, this Viper team uh, looks like a uh, out-of-control avalanche heading down, <laughs> uh, heading down the mountain. Just dominating performance. Absolutely. Uh, Brock, do you want to jump out here and give any final thoughts? Or I know Cole's ready to, to pack it in for the night. Yes, anyway, we're trying to work through our technical difficulties. There we go. Sorry, the mic was caught on something. No, they uh, they look good. That was They look really good. What was the mood like on that final drive? They wanted to get that shutout. They came probably one play away from doing it. I know you were kind of tongue-in-cheek when you asked Coach 
uh, that question. But you know he wanted to shut out. You know the yeah. defense. And the guys in the field wanted to shut out. Yeah, I also just want to say Brian wrote those questions. So <laughs> that, that was directly from him. Um, I do not have the uh, cojones to ask him that myself, <laughs> for being honest. But, um, no, you could tell they wanted to shut out. But also they were they were really proud that, you know, the guys that were out there were right. fighting. And they were competing, right? It wasn't yeah. like – you know, one play touchdown. Like, they had to drive down the field, you know. It, the the second, third stringers that were in, they played really well. They played their hearts out. So. Yeah, we should. We saw the guys on the sideline encouraging them, jumping up and down like madmen. The fans were kind of, you know, just enjoying the night and, and that kind of thing by that time. But the guys on the sidelines were, were still definitely in it, right? Yeah, no, they were more excited about, like, you know, the second, the third stringers playing, and they were sure. the starters, yeah. for sure. Yeah, and, the you thing, know, and you can tell that. You yeah, the, th- the thing is about that sideline activity is that uh, most of those guys were the, were the starters. So you've yeah. got your starting defensive unit over there uh, making the most noise, going crazy, and, uh, right. and cheering on their teammates. And, you know, when you've got a, a roster of, you know, um, I guess nearly 90 people, 61 seniors, uh, you know, that have, that have stuck with the program in terms of culture, uh, the amount of enthusiasm and buy-in that Coach Sanders is is getting is just extraordinary. I mean, when you look at the other sideline, you made that comment at halftime, Brock, where you know the other sideline, they you know they got 40 guys on the team, and you know they're they're tired. They don't have that kind of energy. And you know when you got that much energy, it's like a tidal wave. Right. Yeah. Well, final thoughts. I I thought it was really cool tonight that you know second half, like the second third stringers were because they saw their starters in. Right. You know, exactly. it was like they didn't give an inch. Uh-huh. I mean, the second, the, I think when they scored, it was the third stringers. And the, the backup right. defense did not allow a single point to the mainer starters. I thought that was that was really cool to see. Yeah, I agree. Like I said it all the time, I, would, I think our second and third team would make the playoffs. Well, I guess we've got at least four deep on the kickers, for sure. <laughs> yeah. um, because uh, I don't know that I've ever seen a situation in all my years of watching football where you've got three kickers have gone down to in, uh, injury and you have to bring a guy from the JV. And uh, he was perfect on the night. He was so. perfect on the night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and he had, he had a lot of reps, too. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Put up 51 points. He had to put that out. He's going to be in the ice, uh, right. ice bath in the morning. He's got foot, <laughs> his foot swollen up. Hamstring sore. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll see you guys next week. That's going to do it for us tonight. We'll be back with you from Dragon Stadium again next Friday night as the Vipers battle the Big Neil Mavericks. For my broadcast, my broadcast partner, Hank Cousin, with a shout-out to Scott Schaffner, Brock Bollinger, our engineer and sideline reporter, Cole Dixon back in the studio, Marcus Spears here helping out, Lene Hudson on staff, Christina Weber-Bertrand on the Vipe side, and my mom. My name is Merle Bertrand signing out from the Norman Memorial Stadium in Austin where the Vanderbilt Vipers had defeated the Maynard Mustangs by a final score. Now 51 to 6. Have a safe and happy homecoming weekend, and we'll see you next week for more Viper football. Till next time, good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to Vandergrift High School Football, brought to you by CW Print Services, Texas Malibu, Chicken Express, Independence Title, Texas Family Physicians, Ideal Signs, Card My Yard, Rudy's, Tomlin Family Orthodox, Advantage Austin Real Estate, Tommy's Car Wash, Austin Regional Clinic, Appliances Now, Harway Appliances, Texas Pools and Patios, and Gina Ron Realty.